Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 97, where we're discussing The Incident from Season 5 of Lost. Morning. Morning. Mind if I join you? Please. Want some fish? Thank you. I'll just eat. I take it you're here because of the ship? I am. How did they find the island? You'll have to ask them when they get here. I don't have to ask. You brought them here. You're trying to prove me wrong, aren't you? You are wrong. Am I? They come, they fight, they destroy, they corrupt. It always ends the same. It only ends once. Anything that happens before that is just progress. Yes. One of these days, sooner or later, we're going to find a loophole, my friend. Well, when you do, I'll be right here. Always nice talking to you, Jacob. Nice talking to you, too. Everyone and welcome to episode ninety-seven of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I'm Anton. And today we're discussing the incident, the season five finale, and a really big episode for us. I mean, this is the point where you're no longer the new Lost viewer, you know, talking to the Lost, you know, fanboy. Right. You. We are now the same, you know, in terms <laughs> of our Lost knowledge. Yes, so I, I don't know. I don't know that I can. I would say that we're the same. I still feel like uh, you have a, a ton more knowledge than I do, just because you're smarter. But I do get what you're saying. We're <laughs> we're, so. we're caught we're caught up and to the same point. Uh, but yes, it feels good to to just be able to talk, you know, and not to say, well, right. do we know that yeah. or do we not know that, you know? So that is for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward so much, if nothing else, just to figuring out together what this all means and being able to talk with, you know, like you said, no apprehension about me spoiling anything for you. Um, And I kind of went back and forth about this episode, whether we should do our typical format, you know, discuss the episode and what happens, or if we should just cut right down to kind of our thoughts and theories. Um, Do you have a preference? Would you like to actually, you know, go through and just kind of talk about our thoughts as we come to them or more just kind of, uh, talk about the theories and the thoughts we had about the episode overall. 
I, I'm, I think it's because we've done this, you know, the same way for so long that I'm so comfortable with kind of recapping the episode because okay. as you as you and I spoke earlier and we we're kind of going back and forth in this whole thing and <clears throat> still didn't know what to do, I, I was in agreement yeah. with what you said about, you know, as we talk about things, it seems to like jar the memory and kind of get the wheels turning. And I think about things a lot of times during this podcast that I hadn't thought about prior, you know, during our yeah, conversation. Right. So. Good point. Yeah, I think that's good. I've got notes here to, to do kind of a recap, and we can just kind of talk about things as we get to them. And we'll try to keep this as short as possible. We'll reserve any lengthy conversations for the following episode after this. All right. But for now, I won't even ask what you thought of the episode yet. Let's uh, let's just dive into it and talk about it. So the first section I have is in, you know, sometime in the past. We're not sure of a time frame here, um, but we see a man in a white shirt sitting in this ancient room creating this tapestry. Um, it looks like one of the buildings kind of under the barracks, um, probably part of the, the part under the temple or something like that. And yeah. um, he goes out onto the beach and cooks some fish. He sits on the beach watching a boat out on the horizon, which to me I'm totally convinced is the Black Rock. Mm-hmm. And another man shows up in a dark shirt. Uh, he says, I take it you're here because of the ship. And he asks, you know, how they found the island. He says, you'll have to ask him when they get here. He says, I don't have to ask. You brought them here. Still trying to prove me wrong, aren't you? You are wrong. Am I? They come, fight, they destroy, they corrupt. Always ends the same. It only ends once. Anything happens before that is just progress. Do you have any idea how badly I want to kill you? Yes. One of these days, sooner or later, I'm going to find a loophole. And Jacob says, I'll be right here. Mm -hmm. So to me, this is probably the most... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? It, it reveals the most about this show, I think, of anything that's happened in the series. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was uh, you and I kind of talked about it a little bit afterwards, that, that particular scene, and even rewatched that scene, uh, which, uh, first off, we got to watch the season finale i got to watch it with you which was was really cool uh mm -hmm. you know to kind of but it was it was cool to go back and even we watched this scene over again because it seems like it has such a significance to it you know um right. you know we picked up little things like my, actually my wife pointed out that they had black and white on you know right. and it was like we you talked about the backgammon game and how earlier like mm -hmm. i mean season one you and i talked about the black and white emphasis and that i think you know there were so many things that we this seemed like good versus evil and and yeah. and, and and, and it even played out in in this scene, and what they talked about seems so significant um, to the point where it almost gives you the answer to a lot of questions, but just stops short of it. Exactly. You now, know? I want to hear your thoughts though on this this whole conversation. The best I since I've made out of it, it's like they both have this theory or kind of right. you know this belief about humanity, right? And and you know Jacob seems to assume the best of people. And is trying to bring out the best, whereas this mm -hmm. other guy, who I'll, I'll call Jacob's nemesis for now, or Blackie, I don't know, um, who is kind of like um, assumes the worst of people or tries to bring out the worst of people. Right. And he's yeah. basically trying to combat Jacob uh, to constantly, you know, prove him wrong. Or Jacob's trying to constantly combat this guy to, to prove him wrong and that show him that people aren't as bad as he thinks they are. Right. No, I, I, I agree so much with what you're saying there. I mean, um, to me, I mean, 
we've talked about the biblical references throughout this whole series. Right. Um, and to me, it just seems like, you know, God versus, you know, Satan or good versus evil so much right. to the point mm-hmm. where it, it, it actually makes me believe that that's the direction that it's going in, that there's maybe not in the Christians in the Christian sense, but just a good versus evil and how literally, even in the sense, in you know, if you look at it from this sense, that really good can't, exist without evil and evil can't exist without good because there's no there's no guide in which to judge each other on if there's right. not the, the contrast between the two you know and yeah. it almost seems like that these two you know kind of even the conversation they're having each other because you kind of thought maybe they were friends in a sense but at the same time is they were completely opposites yeah. You know, and it even comes out like, you, you know, even the conversation like, you know, you don't know how bad I want, you know, I want to kill you. You know, it's like the way it was said wasn't like, you know, up in his face, getting ready to fight him. It's just like this is an ongoing battle forever. Yeah. It's like they have rules and they have right. to kind of live within those rules. Yeah. And they hate each other, but it's, there's, they can't do anything about it. So they, they've almost formed this weird relationship. Definitely. Definitely. You now, know, does, I, do you have any theories? Do you have any theories about what this what this all means for the show? Like, how do our our characters play in to this conversation? How do they relate? Because obviously they're related. Because you know we see Jacob had such a hand in their lives and really influenced them at pretty key moments. Yeah. So how does it relate? You know, I, I was trying to think about it, like as I was watching it and afterwards and ever since, um, it, how reason why that these characters and stuff like that were, were chosen. And to mm-hmm. me, it seems even more so now that they were chosen rather than random. Right. You know? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and, um, it, it was, it seems like to me is that these people, like we talked about in the past, they kind of have this whole seven degrees of separation type thing can represent all humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, like with their issues and with their, you know, and that through this group, if they, I, I go back to the, the, you know, the the Bible thing where, you know, if I can find, if I can find one that will serve you, will that, you know, justify you in the Old Testament? Right. And he's like, yes, yeah. if you just find, you know, find one, I think of Sodom and Gomorrah. He's like, yeah. if you just find one, yes, I'll spare the, I'll spare the, the town. Yeah. And, and it's almost like that. Like if I, if I can, if I can just convince one Mm-hmm. to do my will it's it, the whole world can be saved you know the whole humanity can can live and, and the, this the 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 you know the evil the the um character is saying there's none it doesn't matter how long you try how many times you try this you know this situation it's not going to you know not going to matter and i think through jack and them i think jacob has found his way is yeah. found that you know it's like Locke sacrificing everything for that island. Well, that island represents Jacob, you know, right. mm-hmm. and, and so it's like, and you see, you they they gave up everything. They came back to it. They they thought they wanted one thing, and they went away. They went their own way. You know, it's like the prodigal son. They all went their own way, but they came back. You know, and the island accepted them for who they were. You know, right? And, now, and I just, just oh, go ahead. I was just saying, it just kind of, me, now obviously I have a lot of Christian background in me, so it's like, you, you know, I, I might be reading into a lot of stuff, um, but I definitely do feel that sense that, that uh, the whole, the whole, like he talked about, everything's progress. 
Right. And I think the progress from the BlackRock and all the things that's ever happened before the BlackRock and after the BlackRock was to set up this group to win. And that's that's that gets to my point here. I think that I've kind of changed my mind about the whole seven degrees of separation thing. Um, I think what's happening, um, and I guess this is we'll kind of go into our theories here. Okay, is that this scenario has been repeated? You know, Jack and Kate, right. that group of survivors is one case. Uh, the Black Rock people is another case. True, and they were kind of chosen by Jacob to come to the island um, and basically kind of exist in this time warp where time didn't apply, and they were basically to, supposed to take away from this experience sure. th- as much as they could. Right. And it's kind of like, uh, that's why he says, you know, everything until it ends is just progress. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like they are put into the time loop, and they're given the ability to, to learn and change and grow as people, and then it ends and it's over. And they retain that knowledge and become better people because of it. That's good. But That's the thing good. I don't understand, though, is, you know, the Jacob's nemesis kind of makes it sound like the ending of this whole loop is a negative thing. So it's not like they complete their training and then they go back into the real world. Um, it's like almost as if they die because of it. Well, you know what, though? If your theory is correct, which sounds, I mean, honestly, that's that your theory is almost convinced me to make it my theory. No, I'm just uh-huh. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like uh, if, it's, if it's correct, then it actually is already proven itself in the sense like, okay, people on the Black Rock, yes, they all went crazy and killed each other. You know what I'm saying? And, and mm-hmm. then the other, the other groups have all exactly like the, other, the nemesis has said is that they are going to do the same. They're going to turn on each other. There'll be guns. They'll be fighting. They'll hate. They'll kill. You know, and they'll right. end. You know, that's true up until this point. Well, what's happened with this this group that we have with Jack and them is is different. It started off that way. But now you're starting to see true sacrifice and stuff that honestly I think is going to be the game changer. And if I if your theory is correct, I can totally see them going to where these people go off the island somehow, make it off the island, right. but retain all of that progress that they've made. Right. Now here's here's part of that theory, um, you know the black here's part or here's my the spelled out theory of what I'm thinking here, uh, the black rock was brought to the island by Jacob right. in order to disprove Esau we'll call him Esau or Jacob's nemesis sure. or whatever Esau's theory you know he wanted to show them that these people could could be good and do mm-hmm. what they're supposed to, and these people I believe are the Ajira people Elena sure. uh, the other guy they're just there's something really weird about them. And they right, were kind is. of, you know, they're the ones hauling locks box or body in a box. And they, just like the Oceanics, you know, or Oceanic 815 crew and all the people that survived were brought to the island. Some of them left. Those are the people that were on the Ajira flight that came bl- back to the island with Jack, Kate, and all of them. Mm-hmm. So I think they're in the exact same situation. They got off the island they experienced this huge or a short period of time, you know, to them, but it could have been hundreds of years because obviously the black rock is from like the 1800s. Sure. So it's like they got off the Island. All of a sudden they were in modern times, right? They, you know, they experienced life in modern times. Then they get back to the Island just like Jack and Kate and all of them. And so it's like their situations are identical. Exactly. Um, No, that that makes total sense. Go ahead. 
No, I'd say that makes total sense. I mean, that they got there, they had this situation where somebody, you know, the they they could have any they could have even be skipping through time. Uh-huh. You know, they could have had their skip through time and overlap with Jack and Kate uh, right. off the island. Exactly. You know, yeah. And influence yeah, because them. They've had enough hints of the time stuff. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. To, to show us that that's totally possible. Yeah. That they just kind of overlapped in time with Jack and Kate and the rest of them. Yeah. So so just like all of them, they're coming back to the island to save the rest of their people Definitely. Um, from the Black Rock, which I believe now are the others, you know, slash hostiles. Yeah. I think that's where the hostiles came from. And yep. that's why they call them the indigenous people, because they got there so long ago that they've been there longer than anyone else. Yeah, and to them, I mean, and to them, they are, yeah, they would be hostile or, you know, hostile people. They would be the indigenous people because they've been there for, how you know, ever and yeah. a day. And, and, right. and there is the people that uh, seem to have been there even longer, which are the, I don't know, Aztec-type, Egyptian-type people, yeah. you know. Yeah, whatever they um, Whatever they are, which we have discussed thinking that that's where Richard came from, possibly, uh, right. because he he seems to be different to me even than uh, the Black Rock crew. Right. Yeah. Right. And originally, I thought he was part of the Black Rock crew, but now since we found out that Jacob's the one that gave him the ability to live, you know, forever, basically, and never age, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that Elena called him, you know, or asked for Ricardo uh, Alpert or whatever she said, right. and she didn't know who he was. Uh, made me think that they didn't know each other, therefore he wasn't from the Black Rock. Right. Now so, yeah, the I, only oh, my only my only thought to that is now I now we're getting into some like sketchy area here. The Black uh-huh. Rock was a vessel out of South South Africa, I believe it was, with carrying slaves. Right. Okay. Um, if that were the case, I'm trying to pl- look at the e- like this the ethnicity of the people that we've seen. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, and look at them and say, okay, now I I there I only people I've really seen I think is just white and black. So yeah. I, I maybe maybe that works. Uh, I guess you could, but you know, there's no accents. Um, you know, that's so true. I'm, that's true. I mean. So, uh, most of those people look like they're meant to be. I'm I'm really terrible with nationalities here, but like Me Egyptian too. or, or you know something like that, rather than African or you know even uh, Southern African or something like. Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean obviously South Africa has you know white South Af- uh, you know white looking South Africans, black looking South Africans, you know red. Right. I mean there's all yeah. different like looks there in South Africa, but right. to me there would be some kind of distinct like language, you know, like a mm-hmm. um, more of a... So this makes me think, okay, that these people are more to do with Jacob because Jacob can speak every language as we've seen in this episode right. yeah. and has perfect accent in any language. Mm-hmm. You know, they even made it a point and when Jen spoke to... When he spoke to Jen and son at their wedding to say, wow, his Korean was... Excellent, you know, right? Yeah, and like basically his his way he you know his pronunciation and things were were spot on. So to me, it makes me think that they're a little more married together than just even the Black Rock crew. Yeah, yeah, and it might be we might better just save this because I think probably the next episode or two episode. I keep saying episode. (laughs) 
<laughs> the next episode or two, we'll be discussing people's comments. Um, True. And and there's one great theory that I that I think I have avoided reading all the way through because I have a feeling it's it's right on. Um, really? I think we should discuss it. You know, since we don't know, obviously, whether or not it's true, we should really discuss it. Sure. Even at the, at the risk of, you know, finding things out a little early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I but mean... we can save that, it and discuss more about this theory then. Sure. I, I, mean, it, I mean, obviously, anything could be possible because we're dealing with now, it seems like, a very powerful being in Jacob, you know, and, and you know, yeah. the, so, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk about more of those theories, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, further into the little bit further into the future, uh, from you know the previous scene, we see a young Kate, and I assume it's Tom, her boy, her childhood friend, mm-hmm. and they're going into a grocery store and they're planning to steal a lunchbox. Uh, they're about to leave when they're caught, and Jacob shows up and keeps the store owner from calling the cops by paying for the lunchbox. He tells her he's she's not going to steal anymore, and tells her to be good. Now, we see this same scenario repeated over and over again. We don't need to mention all the different, you know, instances, but it is right. important to note that in, in all the cases, he touched them. That's as true. As if he was, you know, almost like it was supposed to be symbolic of him intervening in their lives in some way. Right. Yeah. And I, for all the people except Jack, it was that very important moments, you know, where I assume this is probably one of the first times Kate's, you know, tried to steal anything and he's trying to intervene early on with Sawyer, right. obviously. It's just after his, he lost he lost his parents. And he but the interesting thing about that is that he gave him a pin. Which to me means that uh, Jacob wanted Sawyer to have that, you know, harbor that frustration right. and that anger towards the real Sawyer. Um, he wasn't trying to keep him from doing it. Instead, he was actually pushing him in that direction. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that, and I, I actually was thinking about that, and I was wondering if what he was trying to do was set them up to get to the island more so than um, make their lives better. You know, it's like, right. like had Sawyer not been Sawyer, he probably would have never even gone to Australia right. and did those things. So it was, it was more about getting that particular group to that place right you know i mean and and i uh i think i remember i remember talking to you and saying it's kind of like some things that we go through it doesn't always seem good right but you know some of my things in my past i look back and I go, oh my gosh i can't believe i went through that or that yeah. happened but at the same time as those events has caused me to be where i'm at good or right. bad yeah. you know and uh so that's kind of why i see jacob's interaction with yeah. them not some of them it seemed like he was making their life better or yeah. things like that. But for the most part, I think he was just progressing them in the way it needed to happen. Yeah. And I think that's, that actually is a huge hint towards the ultimate goal of this show okay. is it's not about, um, they're not going through all this so they become better people. Right. Yeah. They, they are going through this or Jacob interfered to bring them to the Island, mm-hmm. not to bring about change that made him into, you know, quote, better people. Right. So I think that's important, really. Because I do too. a lot of our theories up to this point have centered around them being on this island to, to clear up their mistakes. Right, yeah. And if that were the case, Jacob would have said, you're never going to steal again because, you know, and for no reason, and they would just let her live on yeah. the rest of her life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and also, and to me, it implies free will, uh-huh. uh, which is another one of these theme, you know, Christian type things that we, we go right. back, back and forth on, or uh-huh. just, just a, I guess maybe even not so much even just Christian, but just human, like a human nature thing. Are we, are we just, you know, cattle following what we know to uh-huh. do, or do we have 
a say so in our lives. Right. You know, and it kind of seems like these people kind of were predestined to go to this island, but had free will with inside their life to choose whatever they wanted to choose. Yeah. You know? Right. And, and, and on this island, now I do think that they have got the opportunity to work out some of their issues. And I think on this island, they get the opportunity to make better decisions and kind of recreate themselves and things like that. Right. But I don't think that that was Jacob's His goal. goal. Yeah. Right. At you this know. point, he was just trying to intervene in a way that kind of led them mm-hmm. to the island. Sure. Yeah. Now, the next thing, of course, that's interesting about Jacob's encounter with these people is Elena. Right. You know, she wakes up in this hospital. She's in terrible shape. She's totally bandaged from head to toe. And, um, you know, he says, I, I'm sorry I couldn't make it sooner. And he's there because he wants her to help him, mm-hmm. you know, and she agrees. She knew who he was. Yeah. And that's what's really interesting to me yeah. is like, I'm trying to remember if we discussed this or not, but it's like if Elena was one of the people on the Black Rock mm-hmm. or if she was someone that's from the t- same time period that Jacob comes right. from, it's almost like they're peers, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And But for some reason, she's out living in the real world yeah. doing whatever she's doing, and he's stuck there on the island. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it does appear that they have, I mean, obviously some type of relationship and a close relationship. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, is interesting the fact that we don't know how long ago that was, but Elena that we know doesn't seem all beat to pieces, you know, so this has been some time at least, you right. know, that, and, and so she's not aging. Jacob doesn't seem to be aging and, um, uh, Richard doesn't age. So there's right. a group there that have the same tendencies and almost, they do seem like the same from the same group, you know, as, yeah. as the, uh, and it, it kind of lends itself to everybody having a particular role, but them all carrying out it for the same common good, you right. know, um, it's like Richard seems completely different in these, than these people in a certain degree, uh-huh. but exactly like them in other ways. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that's interesting to me is this idea of, of Richard somehow has a, a special position because he talks about Jacob giving mm-hmm. him you know, the ability to live forever without aging. Right. And, and it appears though, I mean, I'm totally sold on the act, the fact that Elena and her people are having the same thing yeah. happening to them. Yeah. Um, because she knew who Jacob was definitely clearly. And he came to her for help. Right. I mean, it doesn't seem like she's just a normal average everyday person. What's interesting to me also is the fact that whenever she wakes up, Jacob's sitting there rather than a Widmore mm-hmm. or a Ben, which right. in, when we're dealing with our other group, it's always been some, one of those two that we've looked at. You know, right. it's been them that's kind of progressed them on to where they need to go. You know, right. but this one, it was Jacob sitting there. You know, as if um, I, it just to me, it just seemed like kind of well, you, you know, I don't know what you called them, Esau, but Jacob and Esau. We have that group, and they're right. kind of they're fighting. And then you have Ben and Widmore, which to me seems kind of like a smaller, less yeah. powerful right. version of them, uh-huh. you know, and it's almost like they've recreated themselves, you yeah. know, so it kind of goes back to the whole Esau thing. It doesn't matter what we do. It's going to always end the same. Right. You know? Yeah. That's a good point. It's, it is almost like they've recreated versions of them, less right. powerful versions of themselves it's in lock kind of gameish. Yeah. You know, right. This whole thing about Esau and Jacob is kind of a game in a sense, you yeah. know, and it's the, we talked about the mouse trap. We've talked yeah. about all these games <laughs> yeah. and it kind of is almost like a live game, you know, for them to sit there and see who how it's going to pan out for them. Right. You know? Yeah. And then, of course, we see Jacob sitting on a bench outside of the building where Locke fell out the window. Mm -hmm. And this was pretty huge to me. You know, Locke falls out, lands on the ground. He's dead, it looks like. Yeah. 
Jacob walks over, touches him, and he's alive again. Yep, that was huge. So, I mean, are we to assume that means Jacob brought him back to life? Not only did he try to lead him to the island, he actually kept him from dying. Yeah, and I I think so because, obviously, he wasn't breathing. Jacob walks over, and he takes mm-hmm. a breath, of, you know, a first breath again, right. and then he opens his eyes, and he's actually, set, you know, he, you know, Jacob interacts with him a little bit, Yeah, um, which was, it's interesting to me because, it now makes me think that Jacob's the one that keeps everybody alive until it's their time to mm-hmm. leave, to, to go. Right. Um, and the, on the other side, it seems like whenever someone's time to die, mm-hmm. it's almost like the Christian shepherd or somebody else is, you know, like with Michael, he said, okay, you're, you're finished. Your job's done. But so I'm so confused on who's in control of who, Yeah. you know, at this point, it's like, it seemed like Christian Shepherd might have been with Esau because uh-huh. we talked about the. I think we spoke about the cabin. How right. I now believe Esau was in the cabin, not Jacob. Right. And the little image I saw, if I as I kind of, it's kind of play slow it down in my head and see it. It looks like an Esau rather right. than a Jacob. Well, Even, plus, yeah, Elena made the comment that you know the cabin has been um, that he hasn't been here for some time right. and it's been used by someone else mm-hmm. or something like that. So to me. That would make me think that, okay, well, Christian, whatever version of Christian is in there mm-hmm. is Esau's work. Right. So I, I'm just trying to, I'm kind of confused on his, because Christian doesn't seem to be evil. Yeah. He hasn't did anything that seems to be bad at this right. point. But the same thing could be said for Locke, you know, who is under control of Esau. That's true. I mean, he's been... He's like, he's got a goal and he's working towards it. And until it's time for him to expose who he truly is, he's playing the role of the, other per, of the person he's taking control over. Yeah, that's, ex- that's, that's actually really true. But it still confuses me why Claire is mm-hmm. hanging out with that group. Right. You know, it kind of freaks yeah. me out. Yeah, it is creepy. And, and um, there's, there's definitely some more to be talked about. Okay. And once we've gone through this whole discussion of the episode itself, um, I, I want to talk more about that. All right. About how long has Locke been under the control mm-hmm. of this, you know, Esau character? Um, is Christian Shepherd Esau, you know, is he right. being controlled by him? Um, all that stuff. Okay. So we'll definitely get there. Okay. The, I mean, you, you mentioned also that, you know, Jacob made the comment to Locke about, you know, he says, don't worry, everything's going to be all right. Sorry this happened to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it was. We then see Son and Jen's wedding, of course, and he, he just kind of shows up and, his appearance seems really inconsequential. Like they just knew they's like, they're like, well, we got to have Jacob show up in their life in some way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so exactly. they just make him a wedding yeah. guest, you know, but you know, he just tells them to never take their love for granted, mm-hmm. you know, which is good advice, but anybody could have told them that. Yeah. Which, you know? but to me, I guess it plays more back into their relationship. Mm-hmm. The issues that they had coming to the Island were, was exactly that. Yeah. You know, and to me, it's like, um, Everything that Jacob said to the people was exactly what they would deal with later. Right. There would be their conflict. Right. You know, it, I, mean, I mean, it was exactly their conflict, mm-hmm. you know, to each and every person. Um, so I, it was almost like he was, you know, telling them what was going to happen to them, but giving them little nuggets to hold on to. Yeah. You know? Right. We then see Jack and the famous scene that he talked about in the pilot episode, mm-hmm. you know, about him being in surgery and, you know, 
splitting the kidney sack or whatever it was called. Darsa sack or whatever. Yeah, the I think, I think dorsal, dural, dural dural sack. sack. I was yeah. like, like do, do, uh, what is, <laughs> Darsa, I don't know. I, I make up my own I can't term. Re- I can't re- believe you remember that much. Though. Yeah. I, yeah, he, the dural sack on one of his patients. His father gives him the advice to close his eyes and count to five and all this stuff. And um, Jack does it and completes the surgery. And then he's mad because his dad made him look like he didn't know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um but then, of course, he runs into Jacob in the hallway who gives him one of the Apollo bars. And, uh, yeah, that was another kind of inconsequential meeting. You know, Jacob showed up when he and his dad were fighting, mm-hmm. but he didn't say anything to him, did he? He just gave him the bar and kind of touched his hand as he gave it to him. Yeah. No, I don't think he, he said much during that one. Uh, yeah. I think it was more about the timing and the touch right. than, than anything. Uh, but I think it is interesting to note that Jack later tells Kate, you know, how to count. Yeah. And that, you know, we see that in play where it was a real negative thing in Jack's life, but yet it became something that he would refer yeah, to. Right. You it know? became something that like he used over yeah. and over again because right. it was so helpful. The advice yeah, was helpful. Exactly. Right. So uh, then the, the one interesting thing in this episode about these flashbacks is we have one of Juliet and her sister, you know, sitting mm-hmm. on the couch. Her parents are telling that they're getting divorced, but there's no Jacob there. Yeah. It's kind of like every other person's flashback was showing how they interacted with Jacob. Yeah. But with hers, that wasn't there. I think that that may be a big deal. Right. That's what you, I'm thinking. You know, I think that her coming was to that island was not Jacob's will. Right. You know, it was Ben's will. Right. You know. Yeah, like they weren't supposed to be trying to solve this whole, you know, infant birth, right. you know, death issue. Yeah. That they were, that that's, and that that seems important too now. Yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't talked about that in so long. It seems like it's been forever ago since yeah. we even heard anything about it. But it's like, you know, Jacob knows that all of that has to happen the way it is. Maybe mm-hmm. there's some weird time issue where the babies can't be born on the island because the island's moving through time and therefore right. it would be physically impossible or something. I yeah. don't know. But it seems like it, they're trying to tell us that, that Jacob didn't want her there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, that was outside of his, the will of his and, mm-hmm. and which scares me in light of what happens in this episode. Right. Yeah. So but yeah, it really makes you wonder what the yeah. heck's going to happen with her. So we then see Hurley being released from prison. And of course he shows up at the cab and Jacob's in there and um, he says, you know, talks about being cursed, and that's why he doesn't want to go back to the island. And Jacob kind of turns it around and says, well, it sounds like a blessing to me, mm-hmm. you know, being able to see the ones you love, even though they're dead, all that stuff. And uh, he says Hurley's not crazy. He tells him that, you know, what flight to take to get back to the island. And he says, it's your choice, and you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Yeah. He leaves the guitar case in the car and says, it's not my guitar. What is this guitar case thing? What's, what's going on with that? You know, I I I don't know. Um, to me, to me, it just still points back to Charlie for whatever reason. Um, I think in a way it does, but it it seems so mysterious. They've showed him carrying it around as if it's something very important. Yeah, and of course Jacob gave it to him, so mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be something later that's that's you know very you know important that he has to take you know it's a it's a guitar case with something else in it that's a yeah. important you know key right. that yeah i definitely don't think there's a guitar in there yeah it doesn't seem that way at all right um like maybe it's a key to like that will allow hurley to keep something from happening mm-hmm. in the future like 
Jacob's going to bring him there. Um, he may know how they're going to respond, you know, by eventually blowing up this bomb. Right. But he's going to give Hurley something that will keep that from having the negative effects right. that it could have or something. Yeah, something something or another's got to be there. And what's really cool is because we've heard about Hurley being important. Right. Yeah, but we haven't seen really his importance yet, yeah. you know. Right. But I think it's still to come. I think he's yeah. going to play a big role in, in this next season and the right. ending. You yeah, know. I do too. I think so. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't have him carrying this mysterious yeah, guitar case. Around. It's kind of odd. Yeah. And that's also because he's the one who has the ability to talk to all these people that are dead. Right. I mean, he's I like, think it's all going to come together. I think it's going to take the ones that have passed, the ones that are right. alive, the ones exactly. from the future, from the past, all to come together. Yeah. You know? And that, that's, um, we won't talk about it yet, but that's a great lead into this article from, oh, okay. with Matthew Fox that's, uh, that I will talk about here in a little bit. All right. Um, but yeah, can't wait to talk about that. Back in 1977, they're on the sub, they're on their way off the island, and Kate wants to get Sawyer and Juliet to help her stop Jack from doing what he's doing. Um, but Sawyer says he's leaving and they're, they're going back to the real world. Juliet has other plans and uh, manages to get them free so they can get off the sub. They get back to the beach. Vincent shows up, which I think it's like the first time in forever yeah. we've seen Vincent. And uh, so Vincent was in 1977. Yeah. Which it does seem kind of important in a way. Yeah. Uh, so he had to have been flashing through time with them. Yeah, exactly. Every time they did. Yeah. I, it, which it's interesting because just that group was, including the animal. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, anything that was alive with their group was was flashing. And, and I wonder if if it was even, I don't know. It just It's, it's got to be some kind of significance there, but I can't really yeah. see, you know. See right. It. Yeah, and I can't either. Um yeah, so we'll leave it as that. Okay. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Um, they also run into Bros and Bernard, of course. And the first time I watched this, I thought it was so tacky. Mm. I, it was like they had to find a way to throw Rose and Bernard in, um, but it didn't really mean anything. It yeah. was like they were just coming up with an excuse for why we hadn't seen them all season. Right. Um, but now, watching it the second time, I didn't look at it that way at all. Right. Um, I think they're actually setting something up with Rose and Bernard. Yeah. I think um, Rose and Bernard are going to end up being the Adam and Eve that they found at the very beginning of the show right. in those caves. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're supposed to mean something because they are trying to, to live this peaceful lifestyle mm-hmm. and they're trying to overcome these same issues that Esau talked about. Right. You know, of killing each other and being corrupted and all of that. Mm-hmm. They are trying to live the Jacob way. Yep. And they're totally taking themselves out of the equation. Yeah. You know, they even say we're retired. Right. Um, which, so I think they're going to actually end up being important. Yeah, you're probably right. Picture. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, it's, it's, um, what's cool. I also caught something. I don't know if it would meant anything at all, but mm-hmm. it was definitely an awkward moment whenever Bernard asked um, uh, Julia if she wanted some tea. Yeah. You know, right. as they're getting ready to leave, uh-huh. you know, and it's kind of like, as she's leaving and she kind of touches her stomach, like she was yeah. pregnant or yeah. something, you know? And, and I didn't know if there was something there, maybe Juliet yeah. was pregnant or, you know, and I kind of thought that maybe later when they were fighting and you're going to be getting that point in a minute with uh-huh. her and Sawyer fighting, she would say, it's because I'm pregnant, Yeah. but you can't handle, you know, something like that because she touched her stomach and he says, you sure you don't want any tea, uh-huh. you know? And I, I'm, I'm, it was just odd, you know. It was really odd. You know, they're so. already leaving and they're on their way out the door. And basically, he's like, "Oh, you want some tea?" And yeah, yeah. And he singles her out. Right. You sure you don't want some tea? You know, it's like, yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, and I could totally, 
totally see them throwing some curve you know, at us that Juliet's pregnant, which also leads me to believe she won't be dead. I hope not. Next season. I yeah. think that's almost an impossibility. Gosh, I, I pray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't know. It just, we'll get to that. But. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Jack and Saeed work on getting the hydrogen bomb dismantled so they can take the business end of it, you know, down to the Swan station or the Swan site. I should say. Did you say the business end of it? Yeah. Like the important part. Oh, I know. Yeah, the part like, that's actually going to explode. Like, that's like the business end of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start using that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, basically, they've got two hours to do so. And I like, I like how the timing works out. Like it's at the beginning of the episode, and they're saying, okay, we've got two hours to get this yeah, thing I down know. there. I and know. we know that the episode is going to end gonna... right at that minute. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, they're going down to the Swan site, and uh, at the Swan site, Radzinski and Chang have a talk about the purpose of the Swan. And we find out that the purpose of the Swan was for them to manipulate electromagnetic energy. And Radzinski says he came to the island to change the world. Mm -hmm. So we get a little more information about this mysterious Swan station that's been around since season two. Right. And, uh, you know, we could tell there was something interesting about it before. But I, I kind of get the sense, and I'm kind of hoping that we find out that it was even more significant than we thought yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully. Yeah, it seems it definitely seems more important than just, like, containing, you know, the energy. It wasn't just for pushing a button. Right, right. Yeah, it was something else that it was meant for. Yeah. So Richard tells Jack about Locke, you know, showing up at their camp in the 50s, and basically how he declared himself their leader mm -hmm. and, you know, told Richard Alpert that he was going to be their leader. And uh, he says he's visited Locke several times off the island and that he never really seemed particularly special. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jack says, if I were you, I wouldn't give up on him. So in this way, I really think that Locke was never meant to be the special. Right, yeah. He was never meant to be their leader. Right. And it's like Jack is now helping Locke fulfill his yep. goal of making himself Or familiar. helping Esau mm -hmm. fulfill his. You know, it's like... That to me seems more now. It seems more like Esau's plan yeah. to put Locke in a position and then kill Locke and then come back as Locke. It right. seems like it was always part of the plan. Exactly. You Which know. goes back, and we might as well talk about this now because we'll probably forget it if okay. we don't. You know, he makes the comment right when he kills before he kills Jacob, or for he has been killed, Jacob. That you know, you have no idea how long I've been working for towards this mm -hmm. this moment. Yeah, and. Uh, and one of the things I wondered about, and we can touch on more later, is how long has this plan been in effect? Right. You know, from the moment Locke arrived on the island, has he been in somewhat in control of, you know, under the control of Esau? Because yeah. so much of what he did was, you know, based on guidance he thought he was receiving from the island. Right. Which I totally think was totally Esau mm -hmm. now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, my mind wants to even think that Esau was in control of things outside. Like, like the overwhelming good and evil in the world is the afflicting parts, you know, like Jacob was going out to kind of forewarn them of their uh -huh. life and say, you know, or apologize for certain things. Right. But that Esau was at work the whole time like devastating these people's life and wrecking the worlds, you know, and just allowing these negative things to happen and setting these people up to be exactly who they were. And, and, and maybe I'm putting too much power in Esau's hands, but maybe mm -hmm. it was just, he knew kind of, it's kind of like we talked about, like they already seem like they know how this thing works out. Right. Except for Esau doesn't, but Jacob does seem to think that it's already going to happen this way. Right. You know, yeah. and, and, and with, with Locke, it seems to me like this plan has been in effect for, you know, now ever. ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Which it really makes you wonder. This is my big question right now 
as if all of this is actually like everything is centered around these characters mm -hmm. or if they're just one of the many groups of people to pass through this system. See, I lean more towards the second. Really? It's like obviously now we're see we get to we get to see this uh, this group. But had we what you know that you know if the show was filmed around the Black Rock group, right. it'd be that same thing, you know. But unfortunately, it ended the way Esau saw it. Yeah, you know. Right. But this group is a group that's going to change it. Yeah, you know. And, and I so I think yeah, I think it's been repeated, 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 right. and this is the last time. And see, now I actually tend to think that it's been repeated over and over and over with these same people. Okay, so like Jack and him. So Jack and them have been through this time loop. Multiple, multiple times, times um, for whatever reason. Maybe we'll even find out that, you know, they were on the, the Black Rock Could for be. some reason. Yeah. You know? But it's like, for whatever reason, they're going through this time loop and all of these experiences over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. I mean, that's just it's progressing. Right now. Yeah, I, I could see that. They each time progressed them a little right. bit further. Because if they're not the focus of all of it, it kind of takes away from their importance in the overall scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. Because if there have been, you know, six or ten groups of people before who have gone through the same thing, then it makes their experience a little less uh, important. Right, and, true, you know, I understand In terms that. of the overall story. Right, right, I get you. But who knows, it could be something totally different <laughs> yeah, yeah. for all I know. <laughs> so uh, they get the bomb and break through one of the walls, uh, revealing the Dharma houses on the other side. So these barracks are basically built right next to these mm -hmm. caverns or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call them. And uh, Richard then knocks out Eloise and says he's protecting their leader because she ordered him to help them. And now they've done that. So they're done with their part and uh, he's going to protect her yeah. and keep her from being involved. And Jack and Saeed get outside, try to blend in. Um, of course, Roger Linus recognizes Saeed and shoots him. And uh, Jack takes him to safety, but you know, a shootout erupts. Uh, but Jen, Miles and Hurley arrive with the van and take off. But they run into Kate, Sawyer, and Juliet. So we have these two groups that are clashing. Yeah. Uh, one group wants to blow up the island. Well, I'm not really sure Hurley and Miles and Dan. Was Dan there too? No, Dan's dead. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> he died the last, yeah. last episode or so. Yeah. So it's like you have Jack and Saeed who definitely want to blow right. things up. And you have Sawyer, or Hurley and Miles who just have no clue what's Whatever, going on. Whatever, yeah. And then you've got Kate, Sawyer, and Juliet or who, at least for now, yeah, are against Jack against blowing it. up the island. Okay. So Sawyer tells Jack about his parents and says that all of that happened just the last year. Right. And Sawyer asks him, you know, what he wants so bad that he's willing to blow up a nuke to get it. And Jack says he had her, and then he lost her, and it's too late for him to get her back. And I actually like this. Yeah. Um, because... Jack, up till now in this season, has had no emotion whatsoever. Mm -hmm. He's been kind of tossed around, trying to find what his purpose is on the island. Right. And it's like, now, finally, we can see that he does actually care that he screwed everything yeah, up with Kate. definitely. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's pretty huge. I, I mean, do, too. It, it was a good moment. And it was a good moment for Sawyer as well, I believe. Right. You know, kind of because you get to see it, it's, it's stark contrast in, in their positions, but yet they, they both... You know, Jack feels like it's too late. Yeah. But Sawyer feels like 
it's just beginning, right? You know, so it's just, it, but it's really cool to see their perspectives, and and they actually have a legitimate reason to. They've had a reason to fight forever, yeah. But on this particular case, it's like they they are completely opposite, uh-huh. but you can almost understand both of them. You know, right? It is good to see though, and I think it's also nice because mm-hmm. it has to be a hint of things <clears throat> to come. Yeah, the fact that we do find out that Jack does still have feelings yeah. for Kate, and he hasn't completely gotten over, you know, yeah. being with her. Yep. And I think that is huge. I, agree. I mean, that's like enough to set us up to see what at least part of season six will be about. Right. Yeah. You know, at least hopefully, yeah. you know, Jack trying to, in some way, continue this relationship with Kate. And but, we can talk more about that yeah, later. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. So uh, Sawyer says if his plan works, they will be strangers and she'll be in handcuffs. And Sawyer realizing that Jack's not going to listen, gets into a fight with him. And it felt like this, like you said, this fight has been brewing since like season oh, yeah. one. I was so ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was pretty good. I thought, and uh, Juliet breaks it up and says Jack is right, and they have to do this. And she says she changed her mind when she saw him look at Kate. And this, to me, was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, out of nowhere, she, she's just pulling out this insecurity yeah. and using it and basically totally throwing the relationship away because she's worried that he just might decide he yeah. still likes Kate. It was, a little, it was a little hard for me to swallow. But yeah. at the same time, is um, her follow-up response, mm-hmm. to me, makes more sense. About right. saying, you know, I I can if this works, and we don't don't ever know. I don't have to ever worry about having to lose you. Yeah, you know, yes, she's insecure, but she you know loves him so much that it just pains her and mm-hmm. kills her to think that she could she could love someone that may not be in love with her or could die right. or whatever. Just it, it it hurts her so bad to love someone so much. Right, you know. Um, so I I could kind of follow that a little bit, but at the same time as I was kind of like, dang girl, you're. And secure needs some counseling. Yeah. And it, it was just sad because there hasn't been any indication yet that Sawyer would go after Kate. No, no. I mean, yeah, he's, it was kind of a, something that caught his attention when he saw her again for the first time in three years, but it wasn't like we had any indication right. that he was going to go back with her. No, no. Up to this point, honestly, it seems like he's really with, you know, Juliet, like his right. heart and soul and everything, yeah. you know? I agree. And, uh, you know, Jack and Sawyer cross paths again. And, you know, Jack says, see you in Los Angeles. Yep. So Jack finally asked Kate why she made him promise not to ask about Aaron. She says it's because of Aaron and wanting to get Claire back. Um, so basically, I thought this was kind of a poor payoff. Yeah. Because obviously they created all this mystery in that episode about what could have possibly happened to Aaron that Kate would be this distraught Mm -hmm. and you know, yeah. Giving him back to his grandmother would be difficult, Sure, but but not, you know, don't ever ask me about Aaron again. You know, you could have left that part out and it would have been just as probably better. You you know, she could have showed up crying and said, you know, I did what only thing I knew I had what to do and, and that's it, you know, right. Makes sense. And, but basically she's just saying that her purpose for being there is to get Claire back so she can get, you know, she and Aaron back together. And he says, if you know, she wants to save Claire, this is the only way to do it. He says, nothing in this life you know, has ever felt so right. He knows he needs to do this. Mm-hmm. And just then they start having problems at the Swan Station, and Jack gets his plan into motion. So Miles brings up this, this idea that I was so relieved when he did, yeah. that maybe Jack's plan is what caused the freaking exactly. incident I've in the first place. That. I've been I was thinking that for so long. I was like, I, somebody's got to say it, you know? Yeah. 
it's the elephant. It's so obvious. Yeah. I, and I don't want to see why Jack didn't realize that either. Maybe he's just playing into the hand of the island. But then you could go back and go, well, maybe I'm supposed to be thinking that I, yeah. I'm, this is part of the plan. You just <laughs> drive yourself crazy. Right. You know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, therefore his actions will actually cause the event he's trying to prevent. And Jack is spotted at the side of the swan, and a shootout starts again. A lot of shootouts this time. Mm -hmm. And uh, just then the van arrives with everybody else, and this totally made me think of the A-team. You know, they roll oh, up yeah. in the van. <laughs> and exactly, yeah. It was good. It was, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was a little much. It was. A little, it was. It was, it was kind of, uh, even the shooting scenes were kind of like, I don't know. It just kind of looked like, like you said, some type because it probably because they were based in the seventies. It yeah. just seemed something, you know, out of cheap TV. <laughs> yeah, are you saying that shootouts could only happen in the seventies? Well, just <laughs> like that. They're like not looking and like yeah. you know, it's kind of like bad acting and you know, it's yeah. like when I watch an action film, I want to see like you know, Born Identity. You know, yeah. with Matt Damon tearing people's faces off. Uh -huh. You know, I don't want to see Jack <laughs> Shepard like shooting like over his head. You know, with a into the air. Into yeah. the air. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't get that. So, uh, you know, they eventually overtake the Dharma people, and Jack takes the bomb out of his bag, drops it down to the hole, and nothing happens. A few moments later, they hit the pocket of energy with the drill, and every metal thing in the area starts being pulled towards mm -hmm. the hole, injuring several people in the scene. And uh, Juliet gets caught up in a chain and is pulled into the hole, deciding to let go when she sees that Sawyer's being threatened as well. Yeah. So she does it to save Sawyer as well. And and this totally sells short the drama of the scene, but I didn't want to start crying when we were talking, oh, talking about it. Yeah, so, so. yeah, you're like, and so she falls in a hole. So and she, she that's falls it. in a hole and a chain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that scene just about killed me. It was I mean, awesome. it just you know her her words, you know the uh -huh. screaming, you know she loves him so much, and yeah. I was just like. Okay. Yeah. I was watching this with you, so I was punching myself in the face when you didn't look. So I didn't. I was like thinking of pain rather than uh -huh. crying. Yeah. You know? Staring but, at the wallpaper. Yeah. The oh wall. yeah. So we talked about. I was like, I was looking at. You know, it looked like I was looking at the TV, but I was actually standing at the corner of the yeah. TV. You know. <laughs> yeah. My eyes. You're watching are, watching the leaves and the jungle in the background. Yeah. yeah. My eyes like were dry from not blinking. Yeah. I was like, don't do it. But no, but it was a great scene. The most sure. powerful part of it was after she fell. Yeah. And Sawyer's like the first true show of emotion. Yeah. Sawyer's had like the entire show. Yeah. He's got, you know, the girl that, that, you know, Juliet was so insecure of on his back trying to pull him away. And he's uh -huh. just, just screaming for her, you know? Yeah. Right. So it is really sad. I mean, like, like you said, I really hope this isn't the end oh, of it. It um, can't be. It really can't yeah. be. I mean, I guess it, they can do what they want, but it, to me, it just would be so <laughs> awful. Um, yeah. just have all that and to be so set up. And I mean, like what does Sawyer do after that? You right. know, like everybody else is, gets off this island. They all know each other and everything's happy and there's streamers and Sawyer's in a corner, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> with a big beard and addicted to pain yeah. pills, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. with a big pill popping beard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I really think, I mean, we can save more of this for later, but I really think that the next something, this event, you know, is going to cause, cause something so huge. Yeah. Um, either a time jump or something to where it's not even going to matter that there was an a, atomic bomb that right. exploded because they've already talked about how strong this energy is. Yeah. You know, 30,000 yeah. times as strong as the one that, let's see, what was it? The one that, you know, they unleashed at the orchid station. Right. Yeah. And that's more powerful than an atomic bomb. Yeah. You know, so it's going to overshadow anything that the atomic bomb could Yeah. Have when we see what the Felsi safe key did for Desmond, you right. know, it did skip it's, him in yeah, time. Send him back in time. You so. know, so we have to think or have to, at least I almost say it's almost certain yeah. 
yep. that it's going to happen. Whether or not she survived or was killed before yeah, that I don't happened know or that. not, who knows? Yeah, but you know, like Desmond was on top of when it happened, it imploded. Right. You know, this thing's going to explode, we assume. Maybe right. it implodes, we don't know. But Desmond was laying on top of the thing and he was. You know what? That's okay. A, that's a good point. Because they established this precedence that. That Swan Station imploded, imploded. completely. Every, yeah, yeah, imploded. Yeah. And everybody survived mm-hmm. because he turned the failsafe key. Right. And it's like, even though the circumstances around them were totally would have killed everybody right. in the area, they were survived because he turned that key. Exactly. And I, I have to think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I, and that's, that's my, I'm, I'm holding on to that, uh-huh. you know, 100%. And I mean, and I could see them, like you said, just waking up, maybe still on the island, Right. But at a, to a point later in the future or whatever, or maybe, I don't know, maybe way in the past, who knows, yeah. but just waking up again, you know, and you said that the, after this, yeah. there was a, after the scene, uh, the show was over, there was a, a kind of a. Yeah, they had, a, you know, of course the screen goes white with the black loss this right. time for like the first time ever. And they said, you know, they had a shot of Jax with his eye, just like they did the very first episode. His eye pops open and it said something about, um, you know, all new next season, something or other. But they implied to me pretty heavily that it's like the reset button is yeah. going to be hit. And, and that's what I think is something more huge than them going back in time has right. to happen because that would get kind of old Yeah, if they just jumped in time again. Right. You know, and all the same time skipping was still happening and nothing had changed. Was it, was it, because I didn't get to see that part because I watched, I watched the, um, Oh, the iTunes. So was that part, would you see, because in that other part, there was kind of a reflection of like the jungle and stuff, it, uh, you know, getting Jack's eye or whatever. It kind of did the whole like dilating. Let's look it up. Let me look it up okay. and see if I can find it really quickly right. here. Yeah. So of course, the only thing it says is destiny found. Right. And then his eye pops open just like season one. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's wait. Okay. Let's talk about that at the end. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about what I think is going to happen. All right. But we'll hold off here. So, of course, you know, she hits the bomb. Screen goes white. In 2007. Which, you know, hold on. Time, oh, time out. One second. The whole white thing is kind of a indicator to the, the, whole, the whole thing going white. Uh-huh. You know, you know, whenever that, whenever the fell key uh or fell safe key was yeah. turned Ooh, the whole one. thing you know went, went white, went white. white yep. you know so to me that kind of indicates that whole thing happening again right. as well you know i can me see too. first episode everything going white and yep. you know oh man i can't wait yeah. i cannot believe we have to wait like eight months i know and i'm a part of this now <laughs> i'm like about to scream i can imagine <laughs> I being you guys the other seasons yeah. this one's even worse because this whole season's going to be packed full of answers oh, yeah. Every single little thing is going to be answered. Yeah. And that's exciting. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is going to be an awesome season. Yeah, I, I just hope wait. the world doesn't end before then. Yeah. I'll be so ticked. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to ask God. I'm like, God, okay. God, God, tell you, me how Lost ends, You please. obviously told them how to write this, so yeah. tell me, please. <laughs> there was actually this this ongoing joke on the official podcast how they had this like this box, like a glass box that had the ending of the show on it that was written out. And so if one of them died, they were supposed to break this box open and get, uh, get the ending. Nice. <laughs> yeah. nice. But, man, it's, it's going to be a great season, and I can't wait to, to talk about it as it happens. And Writer's strike. Yeah, no doubt. Oh. <laughs> if, yeah, I really hope nothing happens no. that delays the season or it cuts it short. It can't. I'm not going to be negative. No. Yeah. In 2007, 
you know, John and his people are on their way to see Jacob. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ben sees, you know, or Ben says he doesn't know um, what Jacob Jacob's like because he's never met him. Right. Uh, but everyone answers to someone, and the leader of the others answers to Jacob. So this is, I think, important. Right. Um, because before it's always been talked about in sort of a God and his people sort mm-hmm. of way. Like, mm-hmm. Jacob is their God, they're his people. Right. This, I think, is different. Yeah. It's like the others were founded, you know, by Jacob. Maybe. Right. And b- because of that, he's like their leader. Yeah. And they answer to him. For mm-hmm. what reason they can't go see them when they want, I don't know. Yeah. Why they can't talk to him when they want to, I don't know. But it doesn't seem like a God you know, and man type of relationship. No, but, I, but there is some some type of separation there. I mean, like you yeah. said, the whole idea, I can't come and see you and right. you're summoned. And, and mm-hmm. those, I mean, to me, that that's that's fairly large gap. Yeah. You know, and, right. and plus they just roll solo. It's kind of strange to me. Like Jacob, for the most part, lives in solitude, you yeah. know, you know, and that kind, of, that kind of to me is a little odd and different. I mean, I don't, no, too many people like that, and if I do, right. they're weird. <laughs> yeah, and they're crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> right. Sorry if you any of you out there yeah. like that, but yeah. just because you live alone doesn't mean you're crazy. No, 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 yeah. definitely not. If you live in a foot alone, <laughs> yeah. If you, if you live in the foot of a statue <laughs> alone, then I have to say you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that safely. Yeah. Yeah. But. So Richard Alpert says he doesn't age because of Jacob, and he says he thinks Jacob is the reason Locke is alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, Locke says, once they're done, they're going to have to deal with the other Ajira passengers, meaning kill them. Right. And this is obviously the first clue that John Locke isn't John Locke, mm-hmm. that he's somebody else. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously Richard's reaction is like shock yeah. because this isn't what they want as a leader. Right. You know, and um, ben, lo- ben tells Locke that he's willing to do whatever Locke says. And uh, Locke says, well, I guess I won't have to convince you after all. I'm not going to kill Jacob. You are. Mm -hmm. So they arrive at their old beach and uh, Locke tells them to rest up because they're going to need it because of what what he has planned for them. And uh, Locke then asks Ben uh, what happened the day they went to the cabin. And, you know, Ben puts on this whole act talking to Jacob and all this stuff. Yeah. And Ben basically admits that he was pretending. Um but he was just as surprised as Locke when things started flying around the cabin. Right. And so it almost seems like Ben probably didn't truly believe Jacob, believe in Jacob right. at that point. Yeah. He knew that Jacob had to exist, at least in theory, in order to keep his people together. Yeah. And to keep them listening to him. Yeah. But he didn't really believe he existed at all. No, yeah. That, that was really interesting because I was trying to play that back in my head what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And when Ben slams himself, I guess, against a wall, I thought yeah. I saw the image of someone doing that to him. That he saw somebody sitting in a chair. Yeah, I saw him sitting, they were sitting in a chair, okay? Because then right. he was acting like he was being thrown against a wall and things were flying around. Well, I think that that really happened. I mean, I think but, somebody did throw him against the wall. Oh, so so he was shocked at that point as well. Right. Okay. Yeah, he was saying he was just as surprised when those things started happening. As Locke was. Yeah. Um, so basically, he didn't believe it either, but so when he was pretty amazed when it happened. I just, I mean, it's like the fact that some, you know, he goes in this cabin and he's mm-hmm. he's kind of mocking what's going on in, in, in a sense, but yet playing along for, John, you know, John's sake. Right. And, and something grabs a hold of me and throws me against the wall, and I don't think it's really there. 
I'm a little more shooken up than the yeah. way he was. He comes out and he's like, what do you say to you? You know, I'm like, I'm coming out and I'm clean. First off, I'm cleaning my underwear out. Yeah. I just crapped myself. <laughs> Hold you on, know? I got to grab a leaf. Yeah. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get some big leaves and yeah. cleaning business. You know, <laughs> yeah. the business end of myself was just dirty. Okay. And so right. I just, it was just kind of strange, but at the same time as it's like, it's, it's cool to see that he was just some kind of a puppet, never right. really was a leader. And it could have just been he didn't quite have all the information he needed as an actor to pull it off. Sure. You know, because he did walk out of the cabin and Locke was like, what was that? And he's like, that's Jacob. You yeah, know? yeah. So it's like he probably wasn't told, well, you actually don't believe Jacob yeah, exists. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. But who knows? He says, I lied and that's what I do. Uh, he asks Locke why he has to kill Jacob, and he says because despite his loyal service to the island, he got cancer, and then he watched his daughter be killed. So the question becomes, why wouldn't you want to kill mm-hmm, Jacob? Mm-hmm. So Sun then goes over to Claire's old uh, camping area and turns the cradle over to find Charlie's ring, which is good. I'm glad they're going to address this whole yeah, issue. Yeah, me too. Gosh. Of, you know, this the whole episode of Greatest Hits, you know, Charlie listing the greatest things that ever happened <laughs> in his life. And one of like the number one was meeting Claire yeah. and she knows, doesn't know that there's no payoff. No, there. no, definitely not. And I, I hope that somehow, somehow she does receive that, even that list even, or, or somehow it's referenced because yeah. it's kind of just like, Oh, that's supposed to go to her. It's, it's going to have to happen. Yeah. Desmond's still carrying that list around. Yeah. They're going to have to go back to the Island yeah. and he's going to give that list to Claire yeah. and yeah. she's going to realize what a butt she was yeah, for no, not even caring when he died. No kidding. Gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. was that was something that I really had trouble with too. Is just like, oh, yeah, well, let's hang some clothes. Oh, that stinks that Charlie's dead. Yeah, yeah, uh, whatever. Let's leave my yeah. baby in the jungle. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the the thing I want to know a lot right now too is what in the world is happening with Claire. I don't. Yeah, she, she's is she not jumping dead. through ta- time. Is she or is she just stationary with the creepos? Yeah, you know. Or maybe I mean, it's like Jacob has this stable of bodies that he kind of incapacitates so he can take control of him yeah. anytime he needs to. Or Jacob or Esau. Yeah. We don't, I mean, I don't guess we really know. I mean. Oh yeah. Esau. I mean. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I just don't get why Claire's so comfortable with the crazies. You know, it's like, oh. maybe she's not, maybe she's totally out well, of it. Cause she seemed out of it whenever Locke went into the cabin. Oh, you know what it would be crazy. Well, I don't know. Remember, remember. Oh, oh, weird. Okay. Remember when Esau, um, or whenever Locke was in the cabin, Esau said, help me to John. Okay. That's what he, remember, that's what he heard. Uh-huh. So that was put, that was, he was talking to about him eventually taking his body and doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It was, it was help me do what I'm going to do was to right. progress that. Mm-hmm. But I was almost thinking, because we already talked a whole long time about somebody being held in prison, it seemed like, because help me, you know, get out of here. Right. I was like, is was that was that Claire saying help me? Was that you know? Was that? Something? Oh, that, I think that was way before. It was, but yeah. it, it, this whole time thing, I didn't know. You know, who yeah. knows when it was? Yeah. You know, right? I mean, yeah. Who knows where Jacob's cabin is? It moves through time. It yeah. seems like. Right. But but that now that whole help me comment makes so much more sense to me. Right. Then it was more of a recruitment than an ask for apply. Yeah. You know, plea for help. I, yeah, because that's the whole time I was like, what the it's heck? Kind of like Kelsey? join me. You know? Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> yeah. It was more so that, and I because I always thought, well, somebody's holding Jacob, you know, captive. Yeah. 
and he needs right. uh, Locke to help him. And but now it makes more sense. I'm sorry, I just had that moment that light yeah. bulb came on, and I had a yeah. To, and I think that's that's definitely a, probably likely because you know Lena makes the comment about the cabin's been under the control of someone else mm-hmm. for some time, and someone's been using it. Yeah. So I don't think Jacob's ever been there since since from what we've seen, we've never seen Jacob yeah. in that cabin. Well, I think if you went back and watched the scene where Locke actually looks into the hole and sees the eye, or if you slow it down and see the person rocking in a chair, I bet we see Esau. I bet it's not the same guy because I doubt they knew who it was going to be. Really? I think the guy that was in the chair was actually their prop guy. Oh, really? I've seen him in the DVD extras, and Dang it's it, I wanted, exactly the same. I wanted to believe that it was Esau. No, the, the guy had long hair, too. Did he? So, yeah. I'm wrong. Okay, yeah. completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> erase that. Erase that last statement I made. So I like a <laughs> nope, totally idiot. Too late. Dang. Too late. All right. So the Ajira people arrive at the beach with their giant crate, and Elena is asked by one of the other guys. Can you remember that guy's name? No, I'm the guy I, that pulled Miles into the van no. and all that stuff. Yeah, you and I've kind of tried to remember it, and I'm, yeah. I'm blank on but it. But you guys know who I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, he he asks, you know, if Lapidus is a candidate for something. Yeah. And I still want to know what that is. Yeah. Um, he asks, you know, what's in the box, and they end up showing him, and he's quite surprised at what it is. Mm-hmm. And they arrive at Jacob's cabin and go inside, and it's empty, but there was a note left, a piece of the tapestry that Jacob had been making a long time ago, and says that, you know, he wasn't there, but someone else has been using it. Uh, she gives the piece of tapestry to the other guy that I can't remember his name, and he knows they're going to be heading to the statue. Yeah. So Richard and Locke and all of the others arrive at the statue where Richard says Jacob lives, which I thought it was awesome mm-hmm. that we saw this statue way back in season two. Yeah. I think it was the end of season two. Right. And like Jacob was in there. Yeah. You know, it's yep. <laughs> just really cool. Yeah, it was, that was really cool. And uh, Richard tells Locke that if he had waited, Jacob would have come to him. But Locke said he's tired of waiting. And Locke calls on Ben and then they head into the base of the statue together. Uh, Richard pitches a fit and says that only the leader can see Jacob. And Locke says he's beginning to think that Richard makes up these rules as he goes along. They get inside and see Jacob and Locke makes sure that Ben is ready. Mm-hmm. He says he knows it won't be easy, but things will change once he's gone. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, obviously, I mean, at this point, we all, I mean, we all, I think we all assumed I mean, I know I did that. It definitely wasn't Locke, that it yeah. was Esau and, and, and uh-huh. this whole thing. It was just freaky, you know, but I kind of got that in the episode before this one. I kind of got that, man, something's wrong with Locke. He's evil. Right. Yeah, we know? talked about it, and I tried not to spoil it too much, but I remembered thinking Locke is crazy. Oh, you know, yeah. Something's going on with Locke, and it, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to talk about that too much because if you were kind of thinking, well, he's just Locke 2.0, he well, knows for, something now he I, didn't know. I definitely felt like he was super lock yeah. and had some kind of like connection to the island, which mm-hmm. is still true. Right. But he was super evil lock, you know, yeah. and I got more of that indicator later just by watching his actions and what he would say. And um, so, yeah. Yeah. So just then Elena and all of her people arrive at the statue and give up their weapons. She asks which of them is Ricardo's and Richard comes forward. She asks him what lies in the shadow of the statue and he answers in another language. Um, she says, I'm Elena, and I have something you need to see. Mm-hmm. They open the crate and out rolls the body of a dead John Locke. That, to me, was the most awesome thing in the episode. Yeah, that was huge. I mean, because I did not expect it. Even though he'd Locke had been so weird, mm-hmm. I did not expect to find out that he never survived the plane, right. the, the plane arriving on the island. Yeah. Locke was dead when that plane landed. Yeah. Yeah, it was, pretty, it was a pretty big... Uh, uh, 
moment for me as well. I mean, I, I had like maybe a thought that it could be my wife. Actually, she said John's in, in the box, you yeah. know, and his dead body. But I was like, I was kind of blown away myself. I thought yeah. you know, maybe he was just like possessed of some sort, you uh-huh. know, and, and, and he, but not that he was actually dead in a box. And this was some like, yeah, I don't know, some kind yeah. of spirit version of him, you know, yeah. that people could see, a, you know, vision of him. <laughs> yeah. So what I want to know, uh-huh. and this, I was going to talk about this later, but this is a good time. How long has Locke been under control of, of Esau? Has it just been since the second time they arrived at the island? Or do you think it's might, it might have been longer than that? Hmm. Well, obviously the second time that he arrived at the island was not Locke. Right. So there is absolutely no, no control there. It's absolutely Esau taking on the the look of Locke. Right. But... I think he was controlled and influenced, maybe more so is the word, um, by Esau the whole time. He was kind of mesmerized by the circumstances that Esau was creating. Exactly. Which I think is what he was referring to when he talked about, you know, you have no long how long or no idea how long I've been working towards this. Yeah. um, I think that everything that's happened mysterious on this island from the Mm -hmm. very beginning has been Esau. Yeah doing things to try to manipulate the circumstances to get to this point. Right. I mean, because obviously we know his primary goal was to find a loophole that would allow him to kill Jacob. Yep. For whatever reason. Yeah, definitely. It seems to me that Esau's more at work than Jacob. Uh, Since, since they've been on this Island, it seems like Jacob's role is just to sit back and let what's going to happen happen. Right. And Esau has been trying to foul it up and mess it up and make it the way he intends it to end, you know, make that come to pass. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, to me, it seems more like Jacob's role has just kind of been, it doesn't matter. Right. They're going to make their decisions. Yeah. You know, and now all we got to do is wait and see. Yeah. You know, and, and but Esau definitely to me seems like he's been definitely working on all of them. Maybe not yeah. just Locke, but all of them. Right. You know. Yeah. And it just, it blows my mind now thinking of statements like by Ben, you know, we're the good guys. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy, Elena's kind of sidekick right. saying, you know, we're the good guys. Yep. And like, there have been so many hints of this whole, this giant good versus evil battle mm-hmm. that's been going on. But what's so crazy to me is Esau seems, he seems to have this belief that those people will do whatever wrong that they can. Like, yeah. you know, Jacob's kind of the opposite. He thinks they can, he can bring the best out mm-hmm. of them. But it's almost like Esau is cheating right. because he's taken over the bodies of these people to, or, and at least manipulating the circumstances yeah. to make them behave yeah. negatively. And like, you know, what's, what good is that? If he's the one causing them to make these decisions in some way, yeah. then he's, his point's wrong. He's just making it turn out that way. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, but I think that that kind of lends more to the theory that you have, which I'm probably more sold on now at this point, is that these people are special. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what else Esau does, even taking on these people's you know body over these people's bodies and doing this stuff. That these people are special. They are called there for a reason. And it, right. And in, in, in the end, I still don't. I don't think at the end of this you know episode we, with Jacob, I don't think Jacob's dead. Right. You know. I think I, I think he is. You think he's dead? Dead. I think he is. I think there's some kind of resurrection thing. There could be, but I cannot see it. I mean, the season's going to be so jam packed. I just can't see that they would have. Well, I think it happens simultaneously with everything else 
because that reset button resets everything. Okay, right. You know. That could be. Because it happened yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Killed, bomb. Right. It's like both are huge events. But the one's in 1977, the other's in 2007. 2007 doesn't happen after the bomb the way it uh, did. Yeah, right. Yeah. It changes everything. Right. That's true. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so in the statue, Ben and Locke arrive to the room where Jacob is, and Ben sees one of the tapestries on the wall that we saw before. Mm-hmm. And uh, we then see Jacob sitting in the dark. Locke says, hello to Jacob, and Jacob says, well, you found your loophole. Locke says, indeed I did, and you have no idea what I've gone through to get here. He then goes to Ben and tells him to do what I asked you to do. Jacob says, whatever he's told you, I want you to know one thing. You have a choice. Ben says, what choice? You can do, you can do what he asks, or you can go and leave us to discuss our mm-hmm. issues. Ben says, oh, you know, so now after all this time, you've decided to stop ignoring me. 35 years I lived on this, this island, and all I ever heard was your name over and over. Richard would bring me your instructions, all of those lists, and I never questioned anything. I did as I was told. But when I dared ask, or when I dared to ask to see you myself, I was told you have to wait. Mm-hmm. You have to be patient. But when he asks to see you, he gets marched straight up here as if he was Moses. So why him? What was, what was so wrong with me? What about me? You know, Jacob says, what about you? Then Ben stabs him, and Jacob says, they're coming. And Locke rolls him over into the fire. This is like the most poetic scene I think it's ever mm-hmm. been in the show. We talked about this maybe the last episode, episode before, about this whole theme of people sort of rebelling against God yeah. because they don't feel like they're held in high enough position right. by God. Mm-hmm. They, they feel like they're inferior, right. and that makes them hate God. Right. And I think that it has to be a peek inside of what the overall theme of the show yeah. is because it was so strong. Yeah, definitely. It can't mean nothing. Right. Yeah, that is, I mean, even the fact, you when he says, what about you? Yeah. You know, it, it can be looked at in the sense of like, so like, oh man, how rude is that? You know, right. but, but at the same time as it's like, in, this, in, in the overall picture, what about you? What does it, right. ma- what does it matter? It's not about you. It's bigger than you. Right. You know, and, 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 and if you have the me, me, me attitude, you uh-huh. can't see the other things. Exactly. You can't see everything else, you know? Yeah. And that's why Ben was never a leader. You know, that's, that's why Elena is a leader. Yep. That's why John Locke probably is a leader. Right. Because he's seen the overall picture. And he's been know. self-sacrificing. Exactly. He hasn't been seeking to do things right. for his own benefit. Right. It's been for a higher reason. Yeah. 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 But I, I just loved the scene. Me too. I mean, it's... It's awesome because, of course, we get this whole new mystery created of, you know, how long has Esau been manipulating events and mm-hmm. what exactly does he mean by, you know, you have no idea how much I've yeah. gone through to be here. Yeah. Um, which I think will obviously have to be a big part of season yeah. six. Yeah. And speaking of that, that brings me to this article. I'm not sure if any of you guys have seen it. It was on eonline.com. And the title of the article is Matthew Fox Tells Us How Lost Ends and How Season 6 Begins. And I will say right now that's a little misleading because there's no specifics in here. Right. It purely is about the emotional, you know, parts of the, 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 the season as mm-hmm. a whole. So I wanted to share some of that here. 
He says, uh, Matthew Fox says, Lost creators Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse will prove they knew where they were going all along when the show ends in a, quote, an incredibly powerful, very sad, and beautiful way. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. The only cast member to know what the crazy smoke monster is and how the show ends said, I think it's going to be a very satisfying and cathartic and redemptive and beautiful. I've talked to Damon pretty extensively, and every time I talk to him, it's sort of surprising how moving it is just to talk about it. But before we get the very end of our, to our adventure, Fox reveals the beginning of Lost Season 6. He says, the sixth season will begin with an examination of what happened after Juliet seemingly detonated the hydrogen bomb. As usual, Fox said, it, it's very surprising and probably fairly confusing initially to the audience, which obviously hints that something big is going mm -hmm, to happen. Mm -hmm. He says, like a third of the way into the season, I would guess we are going to settle into one time frame, and it will be very linear. No more flashbacks, nothing. It will be on the island. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. It will be on the island and sort of a final conflict to the end, said Fox. He assured fans that all the crazy storylines introduced in earlier seasons will be resolved and that the conflict between Jack and Locke will come, to a, will come head to head this season. But he wouldn't divulge more than that. When asked what would happen if he did, he said some guys would pull up outside this building in a white van and masks and I'd never be seen again. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. I'll tell you, that helps me so much to hold out for season yeah. six. I love the idea that they're going to be back on the island. Yeah. Because I think the only way that can happen is if they go back before the crash or they go back to the crash mm -hmm. somehow. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's totally true. And I'm. Uh, you said something was going to be sad. Yeah, he said that the overall ending of the show would be an incredibly powerful, very sad, and beautiful way. That it would end in a very powerful, sad, and beautiful way. Yeah, see that it's it seems like that's scripted because it almost seems like it could mean because the show's over, it's sad. Yeah, but and beautiful, I, I, you know. Well, or, but then he says later though about him having discussions with the writers, the creators of the show about it, and how surprising it is, just how moving it is, just to talk about it. Huh. So I think there's going to be this really big probably poetic type statement yeah. about humanity or yeah. something, or maybe sure. even just these characters. And it's going to be pretty profound. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. Like, yeah, really. It's crazy. Yeah. So some thoughts and questions I had about this, the, mm -hmm. this episode and even the show in general. Um, one thing that just happened to pop into my mind was, you know, the, remember way back, like maybe season two or three, there's a scene where Saeed and Hurley are, are sitting listening to the radio. They finally get the radio working, mm -hmm. and they hear some old-time jazz yep. on the radio. Yep. Um, and I wondered if that means that they were back in time when they crashed on the island originally. Mm -hmm. Like from the moment that plane landed, they were in a totally different time yep. period. Yeah. And we, I remember, remember us talking about that at, uh -huh. at, on that actually episode, episode was like, they may be in a completely, you know, different time, you know, yeah. because of that. You and know? that would be cool. I mean, it's not the kind of thing they would go back and answer, I no. don't think, unless it, w I don't think it's really important no. whether or not they were originally back in time or not. Right, but right. I just wondered about that. Um, the conversation between Locke and Ben back in season, season one, they hadn't even know each other yet. Um, but basically there was a scene where he told Jack, or it was between Locke and Jack right. back at the yeah. end of season one where Locke told Jack that he was a man of faith 
and he just didn't know it yet. Mm -hmm. Seems very interesting in light of Jack's kind of current attitude and kind of faithful, the faithful attitude he has that's so different than the way it used to be. Right. It's like Locke knew exactly what was going to happen. And uh, you know, also Locke was able to walk after the crash. And I mm -hmm. wondered if it's possible that Locke has actually been under the control of Esau since arriving on the island. Yeah. Um, or at least, you know, he's not quite been himself. And because the reason I think this is because there are so many differences <coughs> excuse me, between Locke before the island and mm -hmm. Locke after the crash. True. He's a totally different person. He's everything he wanted to be rather than everything he wanted to be but couldn't be right. off the island. Yeah. And um, let's see here. Locke, Locke also made the comment to Son that he's the same Locke he's always been, which we could either take that as Esau trying to throw her off or as a hint from the writers that he's the same person now as he was from the very beginning, mm -hmm. you know, since they got to the island. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm really confused on where that whole thing took uh, took place, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, I mean, obviously we'll find out, I think, you know, but um, it does seem like there are some, big things with Locke from the beginning right? That, uh, that were unlike, we talked about that too, how Locke seems so different than the rest of the crew right? from the beginning. Here's another point to support it though. Locke at, tells Ben that he's the one who's going to kill Jacob, not him. Mm -hmm. Just like he had Sawyer kill Cooper, mm -hmm. almost as if he's not allowed to kill anybody. Right. So it wasn't that Locke wasn't strong enough or d couldn't didn't have the fortitude to do it. He was under the control of Jacob or Esau mm -hmm. who for whatever reason, not is allowed. not allowed to kill that's people. That's true. Yeah, that's totally true. Uh, let me see if I had another one here. Um, so I wonder if we're going to find out that the lock that we've known all this time and loved is actually the same now as he always was. Yeah. That that we're not going to have to deal with Locke being dead because right. Locke is still the same Locke he always mm -hmm. was. We just didn't really know quite who he was before. Right, you know? right. So, and here's another question. If Locke, you know, slash Esau is actually the smoke monster, which I don't know if we talked about that much yet. No. But I, I kind of get the sense that Esau is the smoke monster. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, then was Alex in the temple when she told Ben to do everything Locke Definitely. says. Yeah, it was I just Locke right. or, the, or Esau Telling him trying to forward his own agenda, yeah. basically. And uh, it sounds like Jacob and Esau are unable to kill each other in some way in the exact same way that Widmore and Ben were unable to kill each other. Yeah, so yeah. We talked about that a little bit at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, that and that totally makes it's it, things are starting to come together, and you're starting to see with with the whole Esau thing. It's mm -hmm. start you're starting to see gaps, like why certain things couldn't happen. But if this all is true, it all makes perfect sense. You right. Know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And of course, my last thought was that, if, you know, the Christian shepherd we saw in the beginnings of season one was actually a dead body or just Esau appearing as Christian shepherd. Mm -hmm. Maybe every time we've seen him. Yeah. It could just be Esau. Yeah. And that's kind of where I, I believe is that it's Esau. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know why he was messing with Jack, but I, that makes me think that he was trying to mess with everybody. Right. Like the horse, I think, was Esau. Yeah. You know, with Kate, you right. know, Walt was Shannon. Right. You know, like, I almost feel like all that has been. Yeah. And it makes, that's the best thing about it is it actually makes sense. Mm -hmm. It explains why all of these strange things could be happening, you know, on the island. It's yeah. not just that it's a weird island. It's that there's this weird, powerful being called Esau that's right. controlling all of it. Yeah. It definitely seems like a game to me, too, in a sense that 
if you just imagine the game pieces, you know, and, and almost like a chessboard, mm-hmm. you, you, it's like they're knocking people off, and those people become they're kind of just on the audience side. They're not part of the game no more. Right. They set out, you know, but they're still around. You know, what I'm saying that that's kind of how you accumulate your points. You know, and it almost seems like to me that that's that's kind of what it is, and that's the whispers and stuff like that. Yeah. They're still very much part of the equation, but they're just been knocked off. And that's what this. I don't think what we've been seeing happen on this show is like normal life. I right. don't think that the people who died on the island are either. dead. I don't either. And how awesome would it be if next season those people are back for whatever reason? Oh, I I, I fully believe we will see Charlie and Shannon Shan, and Boone, Boone, all of them. All of them. Yeah. I believe it'll that be. That would be sweet. If, if they can do it in a way that doesn't seem like, you know, it's five years later. Right. It will be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I hope. I really hope that happens. Yeah. Well, anything else before we get into our forum comments here? Uh, that's it. Just do, let's talk about what other people are talking about. Okay. Uh, Brandon and Bama writes, here's what I feel like will be some less common questions people will be asking over the hiatus. One, Smokey as Alex told Ben to do whatever John said from now on. Now we know that other Locke isn't Locke at all, but apparently Jacob's arch enemy. Does this mean Smokey is working for the mystery man? We kind of touched on that. Mm-hmm. I think it's either him himself or yes, it's something that he controls, yeah. Yeah. has power over. Definitely. Two, if Locke didn't rise from the dead, then why in the world is zombie Christian Shepherd walking around out of his coffin? On top of this, who were the other Jacob apparitions we saw? The man in the rocking chair, mm-hmm. uh, the eye that Hurley saw through the window. Mm-hmm. Um, is all this a grand illusion designed by the mystery man to deceive? And I think that we've got to touch on that too. Yeah, I, I, that's what I think. <clears throat> While I'm on it, here's a little bit of a theory. I think Jacob is the good. He seems to touch people in order to bring them to the island so that they might be redeemed from their past issues. Or you could say sins. Jacob seems to be like God, predestining a select group of people for a higher purpose. I like that. That's very well stated. I believe in pre will, though, and that's yeah. what I see. It's like you're predestined to a certain area, but you have free will inside that. Yeah. You right. know, so mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I, I can definitely see that point, though. Right. I think this mystery man is evil. Maybe Jacob and the islanders are part of an enlightened race, maybe divine. Mystery man hates people just as Satan hates people. And he does not believe that any human should or can be redeemed. All he wants is Jacob's seat of power so that he can reign and kill every Mm -hmm. person on that island. Much like Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. And Mystery Man sounds a lot like Satan, who wanted to sit on God's throne forever and have everyone subject to him. Ben rejected Jacob and killed him, much like people reject God and in a sense kill him in their lives. Yeah. I realize that this comparison will likely be too obvious in the end, but I think that the show is going in a, in a similar direction. And I think that's, that's a great point right. because I do think that that theme in a way almost isn't big enough for the show. Yeah, It's yeah. kind of like it hasn't hinted at that enough in right. the past seasons for that to be the big picture. Mm-hmm. But I do think that from what we know right now, it's awesome. Yo, yeah, you definitely. I, and I, that's kind of my thing is that it can't be right because we figured it out at this right. point. Yeah. But, but at the same time as I do believe there's some direction stuff that we're seeing right. that's going to kind of, you know, obviously carry us into season right. six. And I think this will be a part of it. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be a small piece of it. Yeah. But I still think there's something else bigger oh, yeah, that we won't know until the end of season right. six. Right. 
Now, here's another comment by Nathaniel Starr, and I will warn you that, you know, if he's right, it could be the answer to the show. Okay. But I think since obviously nobody knows, it's safe territory yep. to discover here. He says, so it's a reincarnation reunion love story. I'm just not trying to come up with a crazy theory. Hear me out if you're willing to. I suggest you go back and watch it with what I am saying in mind. If you read between the lines with the odd dialogue of this episode, it will make sense. In my opinion, the dialogue makes no sense any other way because really you wouldn't be freaking out about your relationship with an H-bomb strapped to your back. When Jacob started talking about how it happens over and over again, it clicked with me. It's the same people that keep coming back repeating it, and it always ends the same with Jacob winning. Then he visits these people when they are reborn as kids to get it all going again, over and over. That's why he acted like he knew them, because he does know them, because he had known them in their past lives. Somehow physical objects that belong to the previous life can trigger memories of your past lives coming back to you. That's the case with Christian's shoes and whatever is in the guitar case. This is part of the loophole that the evil side of the island used to kill Jacob. This will come into play more in season six. Plus, we were beat over the head with the whole meant to be together thing. It wasn't the least or the least bit subtle especially that seemingly pointless Juliet flashback about her parents not meant to be together speech. So Jack was with Kate in a past life. I think so, and it's about them reuniting. Too bad the worst aspect of the show, the Jack and Kate relationship, is apparently a huge reason this all is happening in the first place. This is why Jacob has allowed the conflict to continue over and over, because he hasn't got the reuniting with Kate part right just yet. I remember a conversation back in season one that Claire has with Kate. I believe she mentions past lives and astrology. Wasn't astrology brought up in this episode? I remember the death of Boone and the near simultaneous birth of Aaron. We have little Charlie, Desmond and Penny's son, um, and that suspicion that he's somehow Charlie Pace. Is Gion Shannon? was Shannon's weird relationship with Boone because they were together in a past life. Will Gion end up with Aaron? This actually makes a lot of sense, but makes me worry about the grand plot of the show. The worst part, though, is how all the science seems to be thrown out the window. This is why I really hated the finale. Apparently, the smoke monster is some guy. Let's call this guy Esau due to the obvious Jacob-Esau biblical connection. Esau has magical powers that left him, lets him read people's minds, inhabit bodies, and appear as a giant pillar of smoke. The mechanical sound of the smoke apparently has nothing to do with its true nature. The other magical man named Jacob cannot be killed by Esau for apparently supernatural reasons. Esau wants to kill Jacob because Jacob controls the island and always wins their reoccurring contests of power. Apparently the time travel was just a way to get one of Jacob's own followers to kill him because for magical reasons that is the only way Jacob could die. I'm guessing it had to be someone loyal to him, but why? I liked all the time travel stuff having to do with course correction and I do not like inexplicable magic. At least the, the time stuff had some basis we could latch onto. So Esau put John Locke in this position of leader to make Ben kill Jacob. Other than that, it appears to be 
The time travel had no point. So it's really disappointing that it's apparently an ongoing war between supernatural beings. Any reasonable explanation that you thought was part of the show seems to be moot. Once you throw in Jacob, who apparently can bring people back from the dead, and wars against a shape-changing, mind-reading wall of smoke, then you might as well not have ever tried to make sense of it. That's what bothers me. The unexplainable doesn't make for a good mystery. I guess the idea that, that it was even remotely science-based is out the window. All the theorizing and trying to put together pieces was pointless. The time travel was just an interesting plot device, not part of the real story. It was all a great big pile of red herrings. The real clues were just conversations like when John talked about backgammon and the previously mentioned Claire's belief in the occult. I'm really disappointed. It's like finding out that the Terminator story is actually the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings is fine, but it's not what I th bought a ticket to see. Of course, we have to wait to see to the end to find out. But it's like we were watching a sci-fi movie and in the last 15 minutes, a wizard just showed up. <laughs> see, if, see you in another life, brother. Now, see, I, I actually think some pieces of this are good. Right. My problem with it is if, that were the, if this were the, the last season and that was the season finale, then this would make sense. Right. But you don't need a whole other season to tie this mm -hmm. up. Right. No, yeah, I agree. And I think there is some pieces that are, <clears throat> that are interesting. I mean, some things that I thought about was, and you and I talked about a little bit, is, and you, you said that you, you think that these people may have repeated this, like in – in other lives, which uh -huh. like reincarnation type thing, where they were the original pass passengers of the Black Rock, yeah. but they were, they looked differently. They were other people, mm -hmm. but the people who they were were the same. You know, they were the right. you know like <clears throat> like, and it kind of makes sense in a sense. Uh, like, um, if you if you look at the groups, like, um, oh gosh, I'm dropping her name, but uh, Elena, uh -huh. Elena, you know, can't totally be. A lock. Right. You know, just because she's female doesn't mean that it's not lock. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or you know, these people can be these uh, these other people, but they're just, you know, they're yeah. reliving it as different people, but it's still that same group yeah. over and over again. Right. So I can kind of buy into that, you know? Yeah. Now, now, see what? I do like the idea of them being people that are reincarnated and Jacob has to go back out into the world and mm -hmm. figure out and who touch they are. Them. And then, yeah, and maybe him touching them was more of him affirming that he had the right person. Right. But my problem is, and I, this is hard to explain, is that if Jack is just a reincarnated version of somebody else that was totally different, that makes Jack unimportant. True. As a as I mean as, as, the, as, as the character, Jack. Yeah, yeah, as character Jack, because he's just the reincarnated version of you know True. Bill, yeah. you know from yeah two thousand years ago. Yeah, I actually, if that were the case, it would be to me disappointing. Right, and I don't think that's because you invested so much into these characters. Right. It's like, and plus, this is big, huge too. Is and and maybe they've already thrown us out the window, but the creators of the show said at one point that everything on the show could be explained scientifically. Oh, so. I mean, obviously, this stuff with Jacob and Esau and all that is pretty supernatural, and I can't quite imagine unless unless the time travel explains a lot of it. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe these true. are Egyptian gods or something that are from you know twenty thousand BC, right? And they're just in that time period mm -hmm. because they jumped through time, right? It's still possible they could explain it that way. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I totally, I totally think that it could be. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there's some nuggets there, but uh, the overall theory, I don't think I quite buy. I can't. Yeah, I can't I, because I don't want to as well. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, and I just don't think that it it ignores so much important information from previous seasons. Well, his own point actually makes me think that it would not be true because it's he or she. I don't know who actually wrote it. You said it's a he. he yeah. Okay, he. Yeah, I think um, star. He said that um, if, if that's the case, then majority of the stuff that we've watched and learned is mm-hmm. unimportant which right. to me it's everything in this show seems to be important to a mm-hmm. certain degree you know so it kind of it, it devalues everything and i right. don't see them doing that with yep. such a quality show anyways you know yep i totally agree debbie writes i had such a heavy heart after this episode the john Locke i have loved and rooted for since walkabout is dead yes the great terry o'quinn will still be around but inhabited by the century-old spirit of dubious motives I know anything can still happen on this show, but the idea that one of the most interesting and complex characters in TV histories is, is gone makes me sad. That Locke's you know, ultimate destiny would be to be murdered in a rundown L.A. hotel by petulant child Ben Linus makes me want to cry. Worse, however, is if Jack's ridiculous and ill-conceived plan works, and he is going to do this because he lost the girl? Really? And such a lame one as Kate? Sawyer, who has always been the most rational character on the island, tells him, you want her, she's right over there, go and get her. Jack, of course, would rather blow up the island and consign everyone to their crappy 2004 lives. <laughs> I adore, adore Sawyer, and the growth of his character over the years is amazing. He broke my heart as a child and a grown man, so I'll probably get or not get my happy ending for Locke. I'm really invested in Sawyer's life working out, but please... Lost Riders, not with Kate. Hmm. Great points. I mean, I do not accept that Locke is dead. No, not I me think either. They have spent, I mean, the majority of episodes in this, in this show have been about Locke. And if Locke just died because Ben killed him, mm-hmm. that's terrible payoff. I mean, unless yeah. they can do something with flashbacks that could redeem that whole issue. Right. But yeah. I, don't, I don't see how. No. No, I mean... Yeah, you just I can't imagine season six without Locke as Locke. Yeah. You know. So I think there's gotta be something there, you know. It's yep. gotta there's gotta be something. The show cannot there. end with Locke dead. No. Laying in the shadow of the statue. Plus this we haven't talked about this That's yet. That's true. You know, the He's, whole answer to the what lies in the shadow of the statue, they they translate it and it was something to the effect of, you know, he who will save us. Saves us. The yeah. savior, basically. Savior, yeah. So Locke's dead body lying in the shadow of the statue. Yeah. It's obviously important. Yeah. He's the savior of of some kind. Brandon Obama writes in response to Debbie's comments about, you know, Jack's ridiculous plan and all that stuff. He says that there's plenty of blame to go around. Sawyer was willing to leave and let all of those people die despite knowing what Jack was trying to do. We know the island survives because it's there in 2007. We know Chang survives because he goes on to make more Dharma videos with his missing arm. We know Richard survives because he says he watched Jack and the gang all die. Good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that in the end, it was destiny. If Jack's plan was so ill-conceived, why did everyone go along with it in the end? There's no way all of our favorite characters are dead. My working theory is that the bomb exploding opens up the pocket of energy and sends all of the characters to 2007 to fight the coming war. I like that. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I I feel like because I mean, even in the the uh, trailer, 
mm-hmm. you know, it's basically kind of gets to the fact of this, uh, you know, that their destiny is found, that their destiny is to fight this war. Yeah. You know, but part of like Jack's, or not Jack, but Matthew Fox's interview, mm-hmm. he says his character of Jack and Locke's right. come head to head. I'm wondering if it's Locke, our Locke, our Locke, Esau Locke. Yeah. Right. You know, which to me, if what you talked about is accurate, mm-hmm. that he's been under control of Esau for a long time, we really don't know John Locke really right. all that At well. All. So, well, we know the weak John Locke before the island, right. and I think that's the real John Locke. So I think that those two come head to head. The John Locke that's just, just always been building up to right. be this overtake power mm-hmm. versus Jack yeah, and, the, and, and his crew. And I guess if we really reason it out here, from the very moment John Locke was... Um, had the desire to become the leader of the others is the moment mm-hmm. he had to have been under the control of yeah. Jacob. Yeah, yeah. Saul. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And I don't so, remember when that was. When did, I mean, it? okay, it came up when Ben was telling him basically he had to kill his father yeah. in order to gain that position. Yeah, well, but I think he felt called to that position way before then anyways. He mm-hmm. kept saying how, you know, he said something about my... They had the talk in, in Ben's house. Right, And yeah. Locke was talking about how he knew the island better mm-hmm. than Ben did mm-hmm. because Ben had cancer. Right. And that's when he really started to take over the position yep. and try to become leader. Yeah, and ever since he'd been there, he uh-huh. had say, kept saying this this island, you know, I'm here for a purpose. I'm here. It's, it's my destiny to be right. here. Yep. That, to me, seems very pushed. I want to know what happened to Locke before you remember they something happened and they ended up back in the other's camp and that's uh-huh. why Locke was in Ben's house. Yeah. Do you remember what events led up to that? It's like that's when he and Kate and somebody else showed up there and Jack was playing football. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, they were there in that camp. Yeah. But I don't remember what happened to where they were like actually living there and like they weren't be battling the others anymore. I can't remember either. <laughs> it's been too long. Man. There's been yeah something was uh we'll see they showed up there Jack's playing football and mm-hmm. they don't they don't go into the camp and Ben and then, goes in or Locke goes into Ben's house and Ben's in the the bed like because he has his cancer he had his yeah. surgery and then it's like from there they just start kind of living together they kind of infiltrated the camp yeah, a little right. bit uh, Locke kind of gets let loose because he is special in Ben's eyes but Kate and Saeed are still prisoners right. You know, so Locke was actually introduced to his father there and everything at that time, right? And yeah, and all of that stuff happened after Echo was killed. Right. And, you know, Locke found a stick and all had, had a lot of information about, you know, you're all, or Echo told him you're all next or you're next mm-hmm. or something like that. And I just wonder if, if we went back and looked, if there was some event or encounter Locke had with the smoke monster or something that when the smoke monster actually took over him. You know what? Um, the first time they interacted, he said he saw something beautiful. Right. Which to me, probably, if we, oh, I bet we'll get to see that. Yeah. I bet we see in the smoke monster, the smoke monster showing him, him taking over that island. Yeah. You right. know, but then the next time he was scared. Yeah. Because it was trying to take him. Mm-hmm. It did drag him. It was trying to take him to the underneath right, there. Se- the end of season two it or would, one. It would have killed him probably and took in Locke's body at that point. Right. But, That's why it wanted him. Yeah, exactly. Because it had a plan using him. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so I think that the first image 
was giving him, oh, this is your destiny. This is, and he's showing him this thing. So the next time he would be around it, that he'd be drawn into it. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that kind of makes sense to me, but it has been Esau's plan from the beginning. And I do like the fact that you just brought up about his, uh, you all are next. Yeah. That's what Echo said. That's Esau telling he's going to kill all of them. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm, I think I'm going to have to start watching the show over again. <laughs> Probably. Because so. I really think, like, now, a lot of that information will be so much more important. Like, yeah. all the smoke monster stuff, it got so boring because it didn't get any answers. Mm-hmm. And now, I think we have more information to where it would make more sense. Right. So, I may have to, to jump in on this whole Lost rewatch thing yeah. that's going on here. Anyway, let's move on from okay. Um Let's see here. He says, in the season two finale, Locke and Desmond caused the hatch to lock down so that no one could push the button. Echo and Charlie try to blow it up, blow it up, but Desmond tells Locke, it'll take an atom bomb, brother. This line seems to be proof that the writers had at least the major plot points mm-hmm. planned out from the start, and I totally believe that. Yeah. And Debbie responds, I forgot Desmond having said that the, about the atom, <laughs> I forgot Desmond having said that about the atom, atom bomb. Atomic bomb, whatever. <laughs> Excellent, Brandon. I think your theory about everyone ending up in 2007 is the most likely one, and it will be interesting to see how the sides line up and uh, this centuries-old fight is really all about, see what it's all about. And if it's anything more than the you know archetypal good versus evil, anyone have any answers to this? How did Eloise make the jump from being an other, um, you know, from at least 1954 to 1977, Sworn enemy of the Dharma Initiative to hanging around with at the lamppost, which is a Dharma Initiative sa- station. Yeah, you know when did she make the leap to Dharma and why? Well, we don't. The Dharma supposedly was wiped out, so the others actually took over the Dharma Initiative. You know, well, but it, they didn't take it over. It's not like they had a change in board of directors. Or no, something. but I'm saying like they assumed power. Yeah, know? but I but. I, I see the point she's making here, though. It's like if they destroy the Dharma Initiative, it's not because they wanted to take over their assets and right. like pick up their work. Yeah. So it isn't like Eloise would go to this Dharma station just because the Dharma station, the Initiative no longer existed. It could totally be the fact that she had that that station built and came out of the sub posing as a Dharma oh, true. person. Right. Had it built in order to get them back to and the And it island. could also have something to do with her trying to constantly make up for the fact that she Manipulate, killed her son. Yeah, yeah. And she knew that he was part of the Dharma Initiative. Yeah, trying to correct that. Yeah, right. Nathaniel Starr writes again here, I've rewatched the episode and I'm getting used to the idea of the truth and my reincarnation theory seems even stronger to me after a second viewing. I'm still disappointed that essentially the explanation for all the strange things we've seen throughout this show is that it requires no explanation. That's good, you know, that it's two gods playing a game with human beings. The Black Smoke is apparently the Esau character and has been the whole time. They survived the crash to be part of this game and, well, chalk everything else up to divine intervention. I guess if you think about it, this show is so crazy that it could, it could all be about this. You know, it could possibly be, mm. that could be it. Yeah. Maybe somehow they'll give it a deeper explanation, but in the most recent podcast, the producers did say this episode and the first episode of season six should be enough for an observant fan to put together the accurate answer for the show. It's kind of depressing that it's essentially just magic, no explanation necessary. But I, I, I just still don't believe that. Yeah, no. <clears throat> Mama Pax 
writes, what freaks me out about this episode is that they were telling us the truth all along and I refuse to believe them. Dead is dead. Mm -hmm. That's what they said. Even Ben in his talk with Son reinforced it. Dead is dead. Richard told us that he never knew anyone to come back from the dead and that something was different about Locke. I still didn't believe it. Yeah. I'm rewatching the episode. You can see the subtle differences. Amazing acting job by Terry, Terry O'Quinn and Locke's personality. Just slightly on the sinister side, not a shout, but a whisper that it is not Locke, the Locke that we've been rooting for. I can only hope that Jack's comment to Richard about not giving up on him is the writers telling us the same truth that dead is dead did. Yeah, that's a good, I mean, that's, that's good because uh, they did say that a bunch. Right. And they made a big deal. They had an episode deal. titled Dead is Dead. Yeah, they made a <laughs> huge deal about Locke. You know, everybody was like, I just, you know, I've been here a lot. I've seen a lot. Never seen that. Right. You know, which really was the truth. It just yeah. doesn't happen. Right. You know, except for when an atom bomb goes off. I <clears throat> yeah. think everybody comes yeah. back. Right. Everybody gets to come back yeah. from that. It's the Big Bang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> That'll be the start. Yeah. The start yeah. of civilization right yeah. there. She says it was just too overwhelming for me to go into the, you know, is Jacob the good guy or the bad one, you know, circulating on the podcast circuit. What I will mention, and I find it fascinating, is that in the cave, right as Ben starts speaking, the light, the lighting causes the left side of Jacob's face to be in the dark, while it causes the opposite effect on fake Locke, creating dark shadows on his right side. Does this mean that darkness and light are both contained within each of them, and also in all of us? Mm -hmm. Is the truth about us revealed through the choices we make? This brings up my favorite J.K. Rowling line, far more than our abilities... It is our choices who make us who we truly are from Chamber of Secrets. You guys already know how I feel about Juliet, but I feel compelled to discuss her actions. Now, I don't care how, you, how one feels about Juliet. You have to admit that at the, that pivotal scene with Rose and Bernard, Sawyer was looking at Kate. What was he thinking? Does, Juliet does grab her stomach in that scene. Pregnant only means something if she lives. I can only hope. And Bernard does give her a very strange but knowing look and asks her specifically to stay for tea. What does he know or possibly sense? Mm -hmm. Juliet tell, or will then say to Sawyer, I know you will never leave me and I, I love you for it, which for me implies, but I think you love Kate more yeah. and I can't hold you back because I love you. Even at, that, at the gut-riching scene at the end, when Juliet sees that the whole contraption is breaking, she, le she lets, go of Sawyer and, or lets go of Sawyer's hand because she does not want him to sacrifice himself because of her. I, th I also think that in the moment when he loses her, he truly realizes how much he did love her, which only makes it the greater tragedy. I'm hopeful to see Juliet again, as none of us is exactly sure what that white light means. Some people have mentioned that Jacob did not go to see Juliet, and I do think that, this, that, that that will have its implications, but I do not feel that it means her demise. Now, though, I could go on and on. I have just a few more remarks to make, or rather questions to ponder. Charles Widmore told Locke he did not have to die. He also said that there was a war coming. How did he know? Christian Shepherd, was he working for the other guy, Esau, told Locke he had to die and to move the island to get it away from Widmore. Does this cast Widmore in a different light? That's a good question. I, th I, think, I really think Widmore was... I think Widmore is the Jacob. 
and Ben's mm-hmm. Esau because he he because and even with the whole thing Ben says I'm a liar mm-hmm. that's what I do yeah. you know I mean and Widmore was from what we've seen maybe a maybe seemed like a jerk kind of like the whole thing with me and Jen I couldn't stand him yeah but Widmore <laughs> did, definitely seemed like a jerk and but at the same time is we only only reason why we thought he was a jerk is because the whole thing with Desmond mm-hmm. but all he was doing was allowing what was supposed to happen happen right but you know in everything else that he's done it seemed to be really good taking care of people fun you know you know trying to and, and telling the truth and and even protecting to a certain degree you know so it was like Esau was against Widmore to get him off the island through mm-hmm. Ben right you know used Ben as a pawn to, yeah. to do his dirty work and, and so it's like this has been in effect for a while so I I agree I think this changes my opinion about Widmore yeah me too. I think he was pushing Locke in the, r- the right direction. Oh, he, I agree. Saying you don't have to die, yeah. you know, all this stuff. So, yeah, I think it adds a lot of interesting things to, to Widmore's character, which is one of the reasons why I, I, I think I want to go back and watch yeah. everything and, and try to make more sense out of Definitely. it. Because it feels like it could be huge. Yeah. In light of the new information. Definitely. And going back to the Juliet comment she makes, I definitely don't see Juliet being dead. But, but one thing that it could be is that she at the end sacrificed everything for her true love you know mm-hmm. it was like you know and she made she made that decision based on somebody else not herself right you know which to me will be rewarded if yeah. the good versus evil thing is accurate right you know yeah all those that have truly sacrificed themselves for others or this island mm-hmm. have been rewarded right you know yeah she says is the baby that eloise hawking is carrying daniel or someone else what is the relationship between Richard and Eloise? You know, the quote, love is complicated line, you know, as, as he said. How did, or as Richard said, Richard's mm-hmm. one that said that. Um, how did Ben know when he took Locke that it was Jacob's cabin? Elena thought he had lived there at one time too, but why did he move from the base of the statue? If he had been in prison there, how did he manage to roam about through the lives of the, of the Losties? That's a really good point. I mean, if he lived in the base of the statue, what's the point of the cabin? Because Elena thought he lived there too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, the cabin to me, I, I, I was, I couldn't like. At first, I thought it was Bernard's cabin. Yeah. You know, and like it was just dilapidated. You know, it was like. Yeah. A, but it, it to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, that whole thing. But it, it definitely does seem like he moved for, for this purpose. You uh-huh. know, like. It was set up that he would definitely go there because I mean they've known this whole little what why is in the the shadow of the sta- uh, of the statue mm-hmm. forever like he knew that it was gonna come down to that meeting point that he moved there so that they could come there to, you to, know. to make things yeah. happen the way they were supposed to yeah and that yeah. he knew that Esau was gonna take over the cabin and that he was <clears> gonna you know that all that was gonna happen right you know yeah it's almost like he does live in that cabin but he had left the note saying he was at the statue right. so they would know yeah that's where he was yeah now. I'm, I'm leaving now yeah yeah. I'll be, I'll be back later. Yeah. <laughs> Went out for a bite. Yeah. <laughs> she says, finally, my husband who previously only watched Lost in a haphazard fashion decided to go back and watch it from the beginning. I then instructed him to listen to your podcasts as he does. I, I decided to share this journey with him. For me, what is totally grabbing my attention is the monumental change in Locke's, Sawyer's, and Jen's characters. Actually, regarding Jen and Sawyer, some of these episodes are almost painful to watch, but what I find incredible is how much Sawyer and Jen have grown, while Locke's character has seemed to regress. 
So my final ponderance is about Locke. Why do you think the strong, all-knowing character he portrayed in season one appeared to, de to degenerate into the broken man about to hang himself in season five? Do you think Jacob, the other guy, or the strange character known as the island is responsible? That's part of why I'm confused about, because I think that there's a lot of suggestion that Locke has been under the control of Esau since he arrived on the island. I think there's a big difference between control and influence. Yeah. And I think yeah. he has been influenced, influenced right. not controlled. Now, he was obviously out of complete control whenever uh -huh. Esau took over his body, you right. know. But I'm saying, like, I believe it was an influence, not a possession. You know what, though? There, this is an important point. He didn't actually... Um, possess Locke. Locke's dead body was laying right, in the exactly. box. He was just appearing as Locke. Yes. So I think that kind of eliminates the possibility of him taking over Locke's body because yeah. Locke was on the plane. He did crash on an island and we didn't see two Locks running around. Right. Yeah. So it couldn't have been that he took him over. No, no, it's definitely uh, not Locke at uh -huh. all in any sense. It and, and before that, I believe it was totally just influential type stuff that he yeah. was doing. I thought he was. I think he was going to kill Locke early in season one. You know, I think that was Esau's intent, dragging him to the hole. Right. Was to kill him and take him over. Mm -hmm. That's what the sickness is. That's why those people came out of the hole from the Black Rock all right. crazy. They were Esau's. Uh huh. You know. So that's what Danielle's been that's talking about point. this whole time. They got pulled, they went into the hole, came out. The sickness is just Esau appearing as those as people. Because he isn't them, exactly. he doesn't know what they know. Right, exactly. Yeah. Now, you know what? What about this whole regression idea? Because Locke was obviously a totally different person in season two. He was basically chained to that computer, mm -hmm. pushing the button. Right. We did see this kind of regression from the time he got to the island until... Let's see, it was after Echo died. Right. And then he started to kind of take up, you know, his mantle again and try mm -hmm. to become the character he was. Right. But I think the, the writers meant for that to happen. I, I don't agree. think it's just that they got sloppy with the writing and Locke became weak. No. I think that it was programmed into the show mm -hmm. for it to happen that way. And what I want to know is why. Right. What purpose did it serve for Esau for Locke to become weakened and become less of a man than he was when he arrived there? Well, I mean, I think it was part of the breaking process. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Locke got there, be, gets his legs back, uh -huh. becomes King Kong on his own. Yeah. But yet, Esau has to get in control. Uh -huh. You know, he has to be the one calling the shots. So he breaks him. You know, he takes him down to his lowest point and is mm -hmm. like, there's no point in my life. There's never been a point. And then he gives him a point. So there are two phases here. One phase is Esau manipulating Locke himself. Mm -hmm as um, to get him to, you know, through this chain of circumstances so he can finally convince Locke to kill himself, right. or basically kill himself. Yeah. And then he can actually, he can materialize into Locke because the real Locke is dead. Right. Um, so it's, yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. It's not that Jacob is, or Esau is breaking him down so he can take him over no. and tell him what to do. No, it's... Because his ultimate goal is to appear as Locke. Yeah. And the real lock to be dead. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like this. I build your confidence up in something, and then I tell you it's all nothing. I can push you to the point of killing yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I mean, that's what it is. His, his, his hope is based on absolutely a lie. 
Right. You know, and then he gets to the point, and he know, it's a, that was Jacob's plan, and it's why yeah. it was so hard. Esau's and, plan. Or excuse me, yeah. Esau's plan the whole time. It's why it was so hard, and he worked so long <clears throat> on it. It was so, you know, involved, you know. Yeah, and that's, you know, he was supposed to kill himself, but obviously Ben finished it yeah. for him. Which yeah, I'm sure he set Ben up to be the lying, conniving person that he was right. as well. Yeah. You know. That's what I think that this whole... You know, you know, have no idea how long I've been working towards this mm-hmm. is going to end up being important. Probably a big part of the whole storyline yeah. in season six. Well, I mean, you look at Ben's life after he was taken over by uh, the others. Mm-hmm. He lost his innocence. Right. You know, which yep. is is something to be noted as well. And yeah, he'll never be the same. Ben was a nice, sweet kid. Yep. Okay. And then after that point, he was able to be afflicted, oh, I guess, man. by Esau and all this stuff and was completely changed and, and it's oh i'll tell you what i think is they didn't actually have any way of bringing someone back to the dead they just took the dead body of that to kid that into place. the temple and then jacob es- J- esau. esau came out in the form of that kid that and so ben could be totally he could have been esau, esau the whole time oh, man but then how could ben have killed uh, jacob if he was esau well, he's, I don't know. It, it was a loophole. I mean, you know. It's almost like Esau was not only Locke, he was also Ben. And, but somehow he, it was a loophole because he could convince Locke, could convince Ben to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, there's something there. Yeah. It, either, either it was Ben, but Ben was changed into the Esau's characteristics, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He was a liar, was a, this awful person. And see, he say, Esau saved Ben because he knew eventually right. he would kill Jacob. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was part of the long plan too. Right. I love that thought because um, it makes no sense for the others to have a way of bringing people back from the dead. Yeah, no. So it has to be Esau. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, Go she on. goes on. She <laughs> says, I know I said I was finished, but I lied. In one of your podcasts during the hiatus, I would love to hear your discussion, or you discuss the religious and spiritual iconography and mythology that occur throughout these five seasons. Perhaps that may help us shed some light on, you know, he who is to save us all, Mm -hmm. which is the translation of, you know, what Richard said. Thank you so much for your podcast and your promise to help us go through this hiatus with yet more lost talk. And thank you all. We've got a lot more feedback, but rather than sit here and read all of it to you, you know, verbatim, I'll just invite you to come over to the Lost Mystery Podcast forums at lostmysterypodcast.com slash forums. And we'll probably use some more of your comments as we discuss, you know, other things during the hiatus. And um, so we'd really appreciate you continuing the conversation there. I think we've got like two or three pages more (laughs) of feedback on the episode. So go ahead there and sign up. It's uh, a community is growing, growing now. I think we've got, you know, over 250 people that are on there discussing things. So uh, get involved and post your thoughts and we'll be sure to try to use them on the show as much as we can. So mm-hmm. tell me now your thoughts, this whole experience. We started from the beginning right. of the show. Yeah. You're caught up now. Um, I, either your thoughts on this episode your thoughts on the show as a whole, just your thoughts in general. Well, let's, let's, let's go in order. You just said, um, the, the episode, um, to me was, uh, there's some people that are watching that are a little behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and they asked me about the episode and I just said it, it literally just blew my mind and, and was so such a, um, emotional ride. And, and, and 
I love the show, the, this this uh, last episode, because I think to me it does set us up for a huge season six. Yeah. I mean, each, you know, the season finales of all the shows are always big. Yeah. But this, this is just huge. I mean, mm-hmm. because, I mean, it, it changes everything. Um, and so I, I love that. And I think it was, it was great. Now there's little parts that, you know, I was like, uh, you know, I'm not sure where I go with that, but, yeah. but it was really, really awesome. As far as this, the series itself, the, the whole lost show, like I I've been so blown away with just the quality of yeah. the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to me, it's, it's better than the movies I go watch. It's better yeah. than the writing, just the acting. Everything is so above like everything else I've, I, I, I'm a part, watch or whatever right. mm-hmm. that it almost makes me forget about my other shows. Yeah. You know, like literally this has kind of consumed me in a sense of like, it's hard I, to watch much else. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is. And, and, and this, the storyline itself. And like, I think about it constantly and I'm, you know, I, you know, I, I got to thank you for getting me involved in this. <laughs> yeah. And also you'd be mad at you if this doesn't yeah, work exactly. out the way I, you yeah. know, but, but no, like <laughs> I you know, invested so much time into this show, but mm-hmm. to me it's weird because I always saw people that did this. I mean, no offense to everybody that's involved because I am one of you now. <laughs> I always thought people were strange. Yeah. That, right. Even before I started watching Lost, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's a Some TV show. It's a TV Get over show. Yeah. Just, and people were freaking out like, well, we can't do it, you know, on Wednesday night because that's Lost that's Night. Lost and night. I, I just can't. And I'm going, I'm talking about coming like my kid's birthday party. Yeah. You know I mean? This is important stuff. And they're yeah. like, I don't care if you can have it before Lost. Yeah, and, hate me if you want yeah, to, but I, I can't fr- be Friendship yeah. could be over, but I'm not missing Lost. Now yeah. I I have no friends. You yeah. know, you know, yeah. I don't go to birthday parties. No, I'm joking, yeah. but I don't. Um, no, but it's, it's really such an amazing show um the journey that's taking me on just getting back to maybe the, even the, the story of it has been so awesome just to kind of figure this thing out but coming up short every time like right. i'm gl- it's it's something that i'm so happy that i don't have the answers to yeah you would think it'd be frustrating and you know you'd be so mad by this point that it'd just be done yeah like i i almost don't ever want to know the answers because at, uh-huh. at that point it's over and we talked about that before. It's, it's it's like so many other things in life where the quest for the answers is so much more rewarding yeah, than the answers themselves. Definitely. And and I but I'm getting the sense that the people who know what's going to happen are confident that it will live up to the expectations. That's huge because it's I mean it's a huge expectation. Yeah. I mean so I'm excited because, like you said, it seems like they they're fairly confident this is going to be yeah. what everybody wants to be. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm just so nervous and and uh, even bummed because I don't care if it's the greatest ending in the world. I can go on and go, wow, that was amazing, but yeah. it's still done. And it you won't know? be the same, you know. Even when you go back and watch no, it again, never, it, no. it won't be the same because no. you already know how it is. Exactly. You know. Yeah, my my friend of mine said that there's going to be a bunch of like you know lostaholics that are just going to be sit around like you know depressed and yeah. and, and not have. And I t- and I joked about it. I think maybe on the podcast that I want to have Jack or well <laughs> M- Matthew Fox Matthew call. Fox. <laughs> hey, Anton, this is Jack. You know, <laughs> like I need something. You yeah. know, um, but I really don't know if I want to get invested in another show because I don't think it'll ever be the same or as good. Yeah. Now, and I know I've had this experience like one or two other times where, um, there was a show that was really popular. Everybody else. And I'm like, man, what a bunch of dorks, you Mm -hmm. know, get over it. It's a stupid TV show. Alias was like this. I was like, man, you were addicted to Alf like this too. (laughs) 
I, I never I watched maybe two episodes. <laughs> Whatever. Of Alf my whole you have like I am sitting in a room full of Alf right yeah. now. There's Alf everywhere. You guys, if you can see it, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> anyway, so Alf, you're Mork and Mindy and Alf. Let's go on with your yeah, story. Yeah, right. <laughs> I forgot where I was going with Okay, it. I'm joking. There's no Alf around. You were talking about how, how there's been other shows that you... Yeah, like, but there have been other shows where, like, you know, we say that there will never be anything like Lost, mm -hmm. but um, Alias was like this. Like, Alias, to me, really? was a, as good as Lost in a different huh. kind of way. See, I tried to watch a couple episodes of Alias, and I was always kind of like... I, but you know what? It was one of those things, like, if I would have watched a couple episodes of Lost, I probably would have been like... Exactly. Depending on the episodes, yeah. you know, I'd probably be like, eh... You yeah, know, like I had, I mean, I had as good of an, of, of an experience with Alias as I have with Lost. That's cool. Like it, the show was already done and over with, and I just happened to get the DVD and start watching it. And I spent like two months, like, you know, trying to get my hands on the DVDs wow. so I could watch them. And it was just a great experience. I might so, have to watch Alias just because. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah, just I'll, for fun. Yeah. We, we should do it. Yeah. yeah. But there are other shows out there, at least. So okay, well, there's I, something to look forward to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like I almost want them to come out with like every like three or four years a lost movie. Yeah, you know, oh, just to awesome. keep up, you know, what's going on. And, I but, almost hope that the ending of the show isn't self-contained to sure. where it's a definitive end to the story, because have, it would be cool if there were like books yeah. and other movies and stuff that came out that were kind of tie-ins. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool. But they won't. They're yeah. gonna end it. Oh, they will. They're, they're gonna. <laughs> they're gonna end it completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, as far as the next episode, I mean, we really don't know what we're going to do next. No, we need all the help we can get. Yeah. Because I mean, we, we've got the Comic-Con thing coming up, which sure. is going to be huge. I'm yeah. sure we're going to have a lot of episodes related to that. But um, we've had a lot of, of uh, suggestions about what we're going to do, but we haven't actually narrowed down what yeah. they're going to be. We're still open to uh, suggestions as well, right. though. I mean, but I mean, I think the biggest thing, in, in my opinion, uh, because I'm... You know, I think I, I can speak as just a lostaholic is just to say discussing, you know, just anything about loss just so that we can keep our wheels turning. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is put it back on the shelf and just kind of wait. Let exactly. It get dusty and, and I did know. that between season four and season five or three and four. I did nothing like I just basically didn't even think about loss the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I almost didn't start watching it season four wow. because of that because I just was so out of it and yeah. I just didn't care anymore. Yeah. I think it's really important to keep on it and uh, keep talking about it and do whatever we can Definitely. until it starts again. Yeah, so. I mean, even if they're like many, many episodes where uh -huh. you and I were just... Yeah, 10, 15, it, 20 minutes. We, come, we, we, we see something that's interesting, come in, we chat about it, and it's all, right. you know, we go off, um, you know, or, you know, if we get some some other suggestions in their longer episodes. I just say just keeping it going yep. uh, and keeping the buzz. Yeah. I know it's going to be a long time, but I think we can we can do something. Yeah, Definitely. Well, I guess uh, we'll just leave it th at that then. You know, we'll um, try to announce ahead of time when we're going to have an episode, but obviously we're, we're not going to be able to stick to a three-episode-a-week schedule. No. And we'll try to keep something coming out regularly, but um, – and I mean that. You know, I've, there have been a lot of other podcasts where they, where they say that, they say that <laughs> and it's like two months later there's an episode. You Listen, know? we've committed ourselves yeah. fairly well <laughs> onto this thing. I mean, I don't yeah. think we want to let it go. Right. Uh, and we, I, I definitely want to take the responsibility and, and of the late episode on this one because there's been it's been crazy going on with, with myself, but there's been a, it's just a lot going on we over We've had here. all kinds of scheduling issues. Every schedule issue, equipment you know, mal, malfunctioning. Yeah. And we <laughs> tried to record this episode before and yeah. couldn't get it to work. So but I, I, you know, I'm glad you guys are actually listening to this and, and we got it done and, and, yep. and we will, we will come back and we will have some uh, great yeah. uh, conversations about 
the hiatus and other things. If nothing on. else, um, I will rewatch some episodes, um, maybe start at the beginning. And if I come up with anything huge we can talk about yeah. even for 10, 20 minutes, we'll do it. Yeah, definitely. And if anybody else is out there watching them and they find something and it's fairly significant in light of what we know now, yeah. let us know so we're not just you know grabbing random DVDs and throwing them in. So Cool. Well, everyone, thanks so much for going along on this ride with us. I know in a lot of ways it seems kind of like an ending because you're no longer the lost new guy and there's no more spoilers. Right, right. But this is the beginning. Man, yeah, this it is. is. It's going to be so awesome next season for us to actually be watching the episodes yep. together and talking about them once a week. And, Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back as soon as possible. But until then, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.